Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 99, Fangs Out. I am your host, Ed Horde, and alongside me tonight, my good friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed, how you doing? Good. Would be a little bit better if I can get the stupid microphone audio issues that we've been having. You guys have missed two takes. This is my third one doing the intro. Hopefully the last. Um, and of course, we're joined by my dearest and good friend, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good, thanks, Ed. All right. So we now have official OP rules for competitive X-Wing events in our hands. We're reading the documents and have poured over them feverishly it's five pages for tonight's show we are going to cover over the official rulings and how events are going to be run under atomic mass games the speculation is over we actually will be able to discuss what the plans are for that uh we also have some new models that were released uh or at least are going to release sean did some snooping somewhere and found them posted in some facebook group somewhere so we are going to go and cover those as well but as always we're going to start off with what we have been doing lately in gaming in the flight deck and sean As usual, I will kick it over to you first. What have you been up to lately, my friend? Mine will be very short. I haven't done any. It's been a really busy two weeks at work. Chris and I were going to try to get a game in Monday, but it's been just it's been one of those weeks for me. So um, other than assembling some models, I put together some aggressors for 40K. Um, I put together... What did I put together? I put together Uriel Ventress for, yeah, Uriel Ventress 40K. There you my, go. My son and I have lists built for Saturday, so we're going to put them on the tables, and then we're going to walk the rules for 40K. Not We're not doing Kill Team this time. It's an actual 40K. Ooh, how many He's, points? Uh, 1,000. There you go. That's so I am I'm at 980. I'm at 980. He's probably closer to 1,000. Um, we'll fine-tune stuff right before we start. Oh, ma- how are you going to deal with giving him a 20-point lead? Oh, man. Yeah, no, I feel <laughs> like it's another scoring. game. What there, the there, there are points and upgrades you can be found abound to be able to spend those 20 points in space rings, I can assure you. You can buy, I don't know, there, there are a ton of them in there. Just well, it's upgrading weapons. It's, you know, I, I actually yep. I spent 40 on Uriel Ventress to get close to, to get to that 20 points. Um to give him just better stuff, and then, you know, we'll go from there. We're not worried about who wins, who loses. This is more... Oh, yeah, of, no, not at all. This is literally all about learning the game, you know, and we've only played one 40K, we'll call it, game that I think we had, like, three units each and stuff, and it was... We played, like, one or two rounds because it took us, like, three hours to get to that point, and we were, like eight inches apart our armies were and stuff and you know, the the goal here is to get to the you know just to get the game down so in a couple of weeks we can do the true thousand point with stuff on the field objectives and things like that so yeah so that, that was the recommendation i was going to make so i mean at a thousand points what i would do is i would just put three to three objectives on the board one in your deployment zone one in your sons and one's in the dead center um and just kind of play it that way you score objectives each turn after the first for primary objectives so at the very beginning of the game if you're standing on one objective that's worth five points 
If you're standing on two objectives, that's worth 10 points. And if you're standing on more than your opponent, that's also worth another five points. So each of those is worth five. I probably should have done that. It's five points for having one objective, five points for having two objectives, five points for having more objectives than your opponent. So if you just did something just like that, don't worry about secondary objectives or anything. Like Just do just the primaries. That'll be fine. Yeah, and that, that's that's where we'll start. For us, it's just going to be that the it's literally the concept of moving. You know, yes, I get it. You know, tape measure, measure it out five inches, move your crap, unit cohesion, all that stuff. I get all that, but it's being able to do it and keep everything in order. You know, because you have yep. what your units do, and that's that's what I need to sit down and do. I'm actually building and building out unit cards on my. Um, that's a good tablet. idea i'm actually building them out on my tablet they'll look exactly the same in spreadsheets so that i it's bigger than trying to get it out of the book or out of the little app and stuff yep and that's, then, a really, that's a really good idea and then like i said it's a matter of like i can look at the card and go oh this is how many times this gun shoots i have five of these guys i pick up five of these dice or ten of these dice yeah and that's this strength, yeah that's this that's the notes that i'll put in it too where this is how many dice I roll for the attack for this one. If there's a sergeant, you'll get extra attacks. You know, if there's this or that, you get the extra attacks and all that. So yep. that's that's the ultimate goal by building that stuff out. And then my ultimate goal, goal is I'm learning Tableau, so I want to do it. I want to do it in Tableau with with all of the you know fancy graphics and everything else. So, but that'll be way down the line. For right now, I'm just figuring out tab we use it at work but of course i can't get a desktop license at work so i spent the <laughs> the money to get the desktop license at home so that i can be able to learn how to use it build it and stuff like that so i i dipped my toe in the tableau uh, pools uh, a few years back and then we switched over to uh, power bi and have not looked back yeah, yeah, I mean that's just what we use at work is Tableau. So it's interesting you know. with government contracts and all the stuff that Microsoft does with them. I'm surprised they wouldn't have deals for Power BI. Um, it all you know, government's different, so it's yeah. it's lowest bidder usually, you know, and this is probably the <laughs> lowest lowest bidder. But anyway, it's I haven't still, done much. It's still fantastic. I mean, I'm not trying to dog on it. It really, it, I'm not. It's just that we're a Microsoft shop where we're at. So when Microsoft came up with the Power BI. We made the transition over, and it just I haven't looked back since. It's still yeah. fantastic software. It's powerful software. It genuinely is. It's just I moved away onto a, a different direction in my career. Yep. Yeah. But as far as gaming goes, nothing else really. I need to paint four models before Saturday. Not paint. Sorry. Prime four models before Saturday, um, so that they're blue like the rest of their brethren. And then, but it's been raining here, so I can't do it right now because it's too humid out and yeah too cold and too humid so um but my goal is to finish building out my second box the combat patrol box for blood angels so i have those done um, i did the aggressors out of that and then i'm getting more aggressors. i'm getting three more aggressors in the imperium for this month so I'll have six aggressors available. For you're you're gonna love those. Those are beautiful models, and they just do so much shooty shooty in a game. It's yeah, so great. yeah. So nothing X-wing related, nothing really gaming. I haven't even gotten into Project Zomboid in the last two weeks, so it's just been real busy um, trying to get through work the last two weeks. Um, and like I said, Chris and I were gonna try to play Monday because we didn't. 
We didn't do D and D this week. We did D and D. We didn't do D and D two weeks ago either. So we haven't done it in yeah, we haven't the done last it show. So uh, this probably is, this week I will own. This was my. This was well, fall is kind of a little different. It, I, I guarantee you this: if you didn't back out, I would have been out. So there would have been no way I could have played for how tired I was afterwards. Okay. So well, then I'll, I'll I'll take it. I'll still t- I'll own that one because I was the first one to throw up the red flag and be like, you know. Yeah. Had some funeral services we're driving home for four and a half hour drive back. Not sure. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do the family thing first. So yeah. So, but anyway, that's that's all I have for this week. Um, and we'll. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking main topic stuff here. So same here, same here. So I'll go and do mine real quick since Chris tends to to carry the, the, this particular section of the game. Um, I did get some gaming in. Uh, this past week, I was able to make it up to the game store uh, and get some 40k in. I took my neck runs out at 1500 points for the league, uh, which is going to be buttoning up next week. Um, next week's the finals, quote unquote. Uh, everyone's last chance to get their six games in. That was the only requirement for the games was to be able to get six games in. Uh, I got curb stomped by Eldar. They have this unbelievable sniper character that can just sit down on a Venom and just sit there and fly around the board and go. Your character's dead. Now your character's dead. Now your character's dead. Now your character. It's it's awful. It's just awful. Um, legitimately, I I ha- uh, my opponent had turn one. He moves forward. I move forward. I'm going out and trying to grab all these objectives in the center because that's what my army's kind of designed to do. These strong, tough, almost immovable objects sitting on the center objective, daring you to come out to them, and then all of his dire rangers get out and evaporate seventy five percent of my army. Like, legitimately, I had five models on the board at the end of the second turn. I haven't even gone yet on the second turn. So my, my, my entire game consisted of moving models forward, rolling some dice to shoot some stuff, and then just picking stuff up off the board. Because everything is... Just remind me, what was the last book that they released? Oh, that would have been the Eldari, yeah. Oh, weird. Cool. Sorry, yeah, weird. continue with your story about how you played against the newest army and lost, sorry. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. stupid. Like the sniper alone, what it was annoying, but I don't think that he would have won the game individually by himself. I don't think that he could have. It was the simple fact of Dire Avengers being able to come out with AP4 weapons, and everything I have in my army is a three plus save. So when they're blowing off spells to blow off cover saves, and you're like, oh, neat, have 85 wounds that are all AP4, and you're like, I have no cover save, I have no dice rolls, I'm just picking models up. There was zero fun had in that game. Zero. Have you considered I, buying the Eldari Codex? I no, mean, there'll be a new no. one out next month, so you could just wait for that one if you want. No, no. The, I'm the only the other army that I'm even remotely interested in is Sisters, but because it's because of the fluff, I've been T- reading. Tell some me of the books. again how awesome new 40k is. Definitely so not just play for the month. For new books, a good one. Right, but oh, here's what baby. happens, and like. Li- and this is the one step in 40k that I wish we could just skip past. Every book that comes out has come out with some levels of power creep. Whenever the Admec book came out, it was the new hotness. And then Games Workshop went, whoa! And they adjusted points, and then yeah. all of a sudden they came down to more of a reasonable level. And then but, you had the next army, which is Tau. And Tau are now starting to come down to reasonable levels. But, so but someone, and someone in this conversation refuses to play 40k for fun and do like crusade rules which would like self-balance because people are playing for fun 
and like ju- just plays competitively and then goes, oh man, I got trounced by my newest book. Weird. First of all, I don't think I ever said that I only ever play competitively. I'm playing any casual. No, league you 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 refute. No, on the last show you said you. I mentioned that Crusade is apparently the way to play 40k, and you pulled a face. Okay, and you're right. Now, so here, so <laughs> funny that you should mention that because as I got to this, remember how I told you that Brett was the guy that I wanted to bring into the league. He yeah. was the type of player that I was trying to attract. He uh, because he doesn't play competitive play. He only ever plays Crusade in narrative play. So I wanted to set up a, a league in which would bring in players like him that didn't reward wins. It's just as long as you're playing games, wins and losses don't matter, points don't matter, as long as you're having fun. That's the only point. He reminded me that if I pulled him into this league and he agreed that when the league ended, Gabriel and I would be joining him for Crusade. So guess what my homework assignment is for this weekend? It's to read the Crusade rules because I have literally blown past them every single time I've ever looked at the rule book or any codex. But my only advice to you would be just don't try to break them. I'm not. No, no, no. I totally no, want to no, do it just, just completely just, for fun. Just, uh, just when you read them, you'll be like, ah, oh, I could, I could, this seems really easy to break. Yeah, but just don't try. I will not just, try. Just don't, don't, just, just, just enjoy it. Just. Well, because like I almost, I almost asked Brett what army of the one, two, five armies that we currently have in the house, because Gabe's going to play Death Guard, of course, are the weakest so that I can intentionally go in with an army that isn't strong enough. Because apparently, and I it, it may be right, maybe wrong, Necrons are really, really strong in Crusade. Which to me says I shouldn't take Necrons. I should take something else. I might take my Nids. Well, they have a new book coming out. So I'm kind of like, eh. New book, new rules, always the strong one. So we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, so I've got, um, so League closes out next week, and then I'll be starting Crusade play. For the first time, like, I've never really done... 40k narrative play i think we played one narrative event where it wasn't really narrative it was basically risk with 40k where you do the whole thing where you have a map and you're like oh this person tries to track that place and you try to make rules to make it balanced but ultimately end once someone gains an upper hand they just steamroll everyone um we've tried that one time so this is going to be my actual first delving into narrative play uh in 40k so that'll be interesting that's it that's all i've got really oh wait no i forgot I did not commit fraud. I fit legitimately right after we recorded the show, the very next morning, that person sent their sent uh, the PlayStation back, and I now have it in hand. <laughs> so I did not commit fraud. Important to get on the record, you know. Important to get on the record. So now I have to fight with UPS because UPS, I literally took the box over to them and said, here, look, here's the damage and here's the box. And they're like, oh, well, that's neat. We need a phone number for the person that bought this from you. And I'm like, that's against eBay's terms of service. I can't ask the person who bought it for their phone number. And they're like, well, then we just can't file a claim then, can we? Excuse me? (laughs) Seems like they've got you there. Should have just committed fraud. I, I can't have been the first person to have ever shipped anything from eBay through UPS. I imagine you're them- not. You're just the newest person to get in on the scam. So yeah. So luckily the the, the manager of this this my local UPS store is a sane and decent human being. And she's like, look, I've got folk. What they're really gonna do is they're gonna ask for a phone number. 
Someone's going to try to make a phone call. They're not going to get a phone call. So then they're going to ask for someone to send photos. She's like, we can, you, you gave me the box. I gave them everything that they shipped in it. Cause that's all the person did was put it back in the box and mail it to me. She's going to snap photos over and she's going to push it through that way. So we'll see how it goes. So there, I wanted to get that on the record. Ed did not commit accidentally fraud. <laughs> Didn't happen. The end. All right, Chris, what have you been up to? Uh, so I was at the Gamma Trade Show all last week in Reno, oh, Nevada. Oh, yeah, that little thing. Yeah, I, um, I made a decision uh, going down there that I wasn't going to try and focus on making content at the show. So I was treating it as like a, a networking opportunity um, and trying to explore what was down there, what was on offer. And I, was, I saw a bunch of cool games. I hung out with the guys from Cubicle 7 who do the um, 40k and fantasy role-playing games. I played the new um, card game, Electrocounts, which I already owned anyway. Uh, I had, it was a lot, an ironic amount of, you don't have to sell me your stuff because I already own it all. Um I was chatting with these folks from Steamforge Games. Um, I have a couple of uh, Epic Encounters boxes in a pile over the... Just like this pile of garbage that needs sorting through is just huge. Um, but yeah, I, they've got a couple of Epic Encounters boxes to work through. They're working on a Dark Souls um, 5e compatible role-playing game. Um, that comes now, out that's soon. that's interesting. They're... They're they're hitting while the iron is hot, then in that case, because Elden Ring has kind of like blown up the next entry in the Souls series. Yeah. So everyone's going back to the Souls series all of a sudden. Yeah, um, I think that's out in maybe July. I want to say I know it's um, I I held the physical copy of a book in my hand. It's printed and ready to ship. Um, that looked pretty cool. Was some interesting elements from that. Um, the Dungeons and Dragons Onslaught, um, Alex Davies' new project that he's heading up over uh-huh. at WizKids. Um, that looks really cool. I played a, um, um, I played a game of that. Um, was Alex, was Alex there? No, Alex wasn't there. I shot him a Facebook message after, uh, straight after my demo. I was like, oh, good job, man. It's really cool. Um, but I wanted to get some content out for that already but i i got conquered on my way back i don't know um i landed uh, had a i ran an x-wing event on saturday and then sunday i was like oh this is not really just like a sore throat obviously i'd had all my covid testing to get back into canada mm-hmm. and yep, it was obviously. like negative for covid but then yeah just i'm still a little bit congested but yesterday um Jill got home like an hour or so early from work and I just went straight to bed. Um, slept from like four in the afternoon until like nine o'clock at night, got up for an hour, went back to bed. Um, oh, Jesus. So, yeah, I, I've... You know, I've, I've read in the Annals of History in the before times that there used to be things that people used to get sick of that weren't COVID and they did things like have colds and have flu. Like that it's was just, a real thing before in the past. It's really annoying because I I needed to get my tax uh, the GST return done for Dicehead. I was like, well, I'm going to land. I'll get that done on on Sunday or a Monday when Evie's in daycare. Um, Sunday we ended up having just a, a nice family day together. We didn't really do a lot, but I had not seen them for like a week, and it was just nice to hang out. Then Monday, um, 
Deka was closed because her daughter was ill. So I had Evie at home. At home. At home. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I started to feel not great. So I didn't get anything done on Monday. And I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll do the tax return when we're not playing D&D. If we can't play, start, oh, if I can't play X-Wing with Sean. And then I was just like dead to a world. So I went to bed early. Then Tuesday was like a write-off. So I got I got a return done yesterday. Um, and so that's done. But I'm like so far behind. Because like all of this stuff behind me was supposed to be tidied yesterday. So that I could start doing content. I wanted some little snippet videos done and everything. So yeah, it's been um, been interesting trying to get caught up. I've got a bunch of photos to go through, um, a bunch of ideas for written articles. I've got some contacts who followed up with me already. I was actually on a, a Zoom call before we, before we recorded with a person. Before tonight, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been really really interesting networking. Um, so it was really good actually, um, not just like trying to sell dice it to people because. My, I was unpitching myself as like Dice. It's like, oh man, probably not the content creator you want to work with here because like <laughs> you're doing like, the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. Well, no, I, but I was I, one of the stores. I'm not. I don't want to name stores or anything like that. But like they were talking to me about how much they were like. Basically, I was talking to someone from Asmodee and we were just chatting, and then later on he'd spoken to somebody else and said oh you want to talk to chris uh he's your guy um and then i was talking to i, I had a meeting at 1 30 in the morning in the bar in reno uh with the owner of this store that's how um, you do it right there and he was telling me about how much uh, he's been spending on like his advertising and social media outreach and all of that and i was like this just sounds like bad play and I, I felt like he was angling for me to come on board and help. And I'm like, I mean, I I could probably take some of this guy's money and do a better job than has been happening. But I could also just save him $16,000 a month and teach him how to do it properly in like an hour. So I did that instead. So, so I, I scheduled a meeting with him and his management team for the next day. Uh, so they were going to take me out to dinner. So I obviously I ate beforehand. So um, he paid for me to have an apple juice and a side order of fries. That that was my my takeaway from. Uh, that's how bad I am <laughs> at doing this. <laughs> um, I be ate beforehand. Businessman, if you, you'd be a much better businessman if you weren't a much better person. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just it was really re- rewarding actually because I. I, actually, I was like, fucking hell. I, on my business cards, it's as part of a dice thing. I'm sure it says some like consulting for, for a gaming industry kind of thing. And I was like, I'm really good at this. Yeah. I mean, I should take <laughs> it more seriously. But um, maybe, maybe. I, I, could, I was weighing the breadcrumbs for them to get to where they needed to themselves and like just sitting and watching the conversation evolve and develop. And I just add in a point here and there. And they got to what I thought was the correct answer for them on their own. And, I was like, and then I, was, I came back into a conversation. It's like, and this is how I'd shift the focus in that way. And these are the ideas you could use. And it was really rewarding and, and nice. So, And I, I'll 
I'll try and check up on them in six months and see if they did any of it and I can have a nice warm feeling inside and no actual money um, <laughs> <laughs> and go from there, you know. But yeah, well, I, maybe, maybe they'll uh, reward you someday. Like, you know, we should uh, have cut them a check for that. <laughs> so, um, uh, one of our management team did sign up for Patreon. So, thank you in the Discord yeah, now. So, I, I, I felt like a winner. But no, it was really cool. I uh, I really enjoyed actually going through and having that conversation. It was really rewarding, and I I feel like the, I obviously a game store is always a gamble, but I feel like they're in a good position to do what they need to do and set themselves apart. But yeah, I eight month being an eight month old store and telling me you're spending sixteen thousand dollars a month on your Google ad spend. I mean, I I, uh, I don't feel like that's going to increase sales by that much. No, not 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 in the early days like that. Did they have any? Um, I, we had talked before we were going out there. Like they sometimes places like they throw like a toss together like a little event or tournament of like here, come play our game and win some free stuff kind of stuff. Did you get a chance to participate in any of that, or are you networking um, most of the time? A, so did they have it? B, did you do it? So they there were different events like Games Workshop ran a Underworlds event again, Asmodee ran um, Song of Ice and Fire and Legion, and there was something else as well. The new um, uh, My Hero Academia card game, I think. Um, well, I didn't know I'll have to mention that to my daughter. Yeah, I have no idea what it is. I feel like a very old boomer person but yeah apparently my hero academia is a big thing and there's a card game coming out soon you know check it out um i actually (laughs) i was wandering around just to chat to the asmodee folks again um because i wanted to get to know the new team uh all really nice people fyi um good bunch of folks over at asmodee op and i i we had some uh, good talks about obviously the the challenges of moving on from a previous team who a lot of the people in our community knew and got along with and the challenges they'd face coming into it and like pretty frank conversations that they took extremely well from a alcohol fueled British person who's, you know, gonna me being me, you know, making friends and influencing people. Yeah. Um I get it. they're not in the great like there's nothing I mean, they could have done. It's not their fault. Well, the, so are. these people were hired on like the start of 2020, just before COVID. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> like they've got nothing to do with anything that happened. They just got offered jobs and took them, and then and like, oh, by the way, here we're gonna drop this in your lap, and it's COVID. Have fun. Well, it's like oh yeah, so um, this community probably just hates you now. Have fun, run events for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck and then they leave you know what I mean but like that kind yeah, of thing so yeah like so anyone who does get to interact with the new people at Asmodee uh, and the OP team like they seem like really genuine good people with a passion for the hobby so like cut my break but yeah they um, didn't have the, I went to to just chat and they were like waiting for one person to play a legion I was like, fine, I've played before. I can sit and do Legion for you. And then it, I ended up just running that pod of like, like three players plus me as like teaching this 
it's all store owners or like store employees and you're just right. teaching them to play the game so they can talk about it knowledgeably and then if you played you put you got to keep your army and put your um name in a, a raffle for i think it was five grand's worth of product um, oh cool that's pretty cool but yeah i so i ran a legion demo for um, a few retailers for asmodee and that was really good fun i think uh, they let me have the new stark starter set for a song of ice and fire yeah a song of ice and fire so uh, which was the first fix that I'd gone with the intent of not getting free stuff because yeah. I, I wanted, um, I didn't, as part of networking, I didn't want it to be the, I'm a content creator, influencer person, give me free stuff. Right. My, my pitch revolved around, I do not want free stuff. I want to build a relationship with you. Yeah, but you can always get free stuff out of that too. Uh, yeah, but you know, that can but be a like, secondary but, or tertiary yeah, thing. Yeah, but like, that wasn't the goal of the. Uh, you know what I mean? And that it was all part of it, but that was my fault. Fo- my focus wasn't getting the free stuff, but then I had something, and I flew with luggage only, so that meant I needed to get a box. And I was like, well, I have a box now. I don't want a box to be half empty. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up getting a bit of free stuff. Um, so I've got oh, yeah, some yeah. some reviews I'm going to do, um, uh, some board game stuff as well. Which I was um, I tried to talk to like the smaller people and like again more like trying to build relationships where I can actually do like a review of a game, but like a long term. Like we played a few times now. This was Jill's thoughts. This is my thoughts, and like do it with the people who made it as well. So like ask questions like what inspired you to go in this route so it's a bit of a different you know not a a flash in the pan review kind of thing so that'll be interesting i i've got no idea if it'll work on how the tone of it and how it'll all be um but yeah it'll be really interesting i'm excited to give some of them a try um so that was the um, lost ones which i think launches next week but i got the the demo copy she brought to the show um, she let me bring back with me and there's some miniatures from that which I'm going to do on one of the painting streams as well because uh, um, it's like an expansion pack from a Kickstarter I think where you could like, upgrade from card standards to miniatures but there were some nice uh, nice sculpts so um, but yeah that was a really interesting game it looks like um, a narrative like storytelling like tell your own adventure kind of exploration game um reminded me aesthetically of like when you play in legend of zelda link to a past or secret of mana and you go in the woods and you go in it's kind of the the pattern around the maze you've got to take but it's obviously because it's a card with different exits and then you, you oh. move from one block to a different block and then stuff will happen and yeah it, that was but, what what it brought to my mind but did you ever play Zombies? No. So Zombies is a very similar mechanic where basically it's a deck of cards that has all these different exits and exits for streets and you can basically just put them up wherever they kind of match up. So like every single time you play the game, the board's very different. It can go down in different streets. It depends on how the player paces it. That's what it sounds like to me. More expanded, of course, because the only mechanics are how many zombies are on the board when you get there. That's the only mechanics, but that still sounds really interesting. Yeah. And then... Um... Obviously, all of the big, bigger companies, um, I 
I sat down and had very frank conversations with um, Asmodee's head of North America um, and all the, like, the head of the sales department and it's, I'd have to find his card to give his full title. I'm not going to name drop people anyway. Um, the North American and international, sorry, international sales rep at Asmodee and uh, Lion Rampant, who do a, a, a roughly half of Asmodee's stuff, because obviously there's Asmodee Canada as well, about um, not just from a retailer side, but from a community side, how frustrating it is being in like Canada or some of the different countries for like, the organised play and the announcements and trying to s- streamline that process. So um, I volunteered time and energy, but obviously we'll see how that goes i don't expect I'll see. To be, i and i i told him so I, I don't expect you to take me up on this but it was uh, a very frank conversation of like i'm more than willing to put work in from letting you know what the issues are from i can do the retailer side i can do the community side i can do the general public side i can get you a feedback of where these issues lie and try and identify weaknesses that need to improve but uh, they, they were keen and receptive because it wasn't necessarily drunk Chris talking at that point. <laughs> I, I was very <laughs> professional. I was very professional. And uh, it wasn't a, you guys are shit. It was, uh, we all understand that there's been weaknesses and things that have happened in the past. But, and like, it, we keep making these same mistakes. So how can we improve them? And, but yeah, I say I um, I did lots of um, chatting and reestablished some older relationships and stuff. Uh, uh, folks from uh, Warlord Games, North America, uh, good guys. I uh, I would uh, drink with them again and did. Um, oh God! Yeah, um, but no, it was good. Very very entertaining. Lots of other community um, content creators as well who I didn't know because I'm terrible at my job. Um, well, you're terrible at your job. You're just terrible at keeping an eye on a competition. I, I, I just don't care. I, I just don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to. I'll make my own content, and like, I don't care what other people are doing. So it makes me uh, not the best. Uh, the um, the influencer culture um, party uh, got invited to. It's like, yeah, this um, this isn't these aren't my people. <laughs> I, I'll go. I'll go back downstairs. It's fine. Yeah. But no, it was good. Uh, some really nice people actually. Uh, lots of good relationships built. Hopefully, touch wood. See how that goes. But that's been my week. No, no real time for gaming. I did run an event which I'd planned to talk about as part of a main topic. <clears throat> so it'll be more of a compare and contrast. I, I don't know if people are in the Discord. Obviously, one of the conversations we'd had was about the lack of official OP documentation. And I'd spoken about how I planned to run the first event that I ran and how I wanted to just do it blind so I didn't do any research into what other people were doing. And then I was going to look at what Gold Squadron were doing for Adepticon. But then the official rules came out anyway. So I can talk about how close my stuff was to what they did and where it differs and what I think the pros and cons of it were. But 
yeah, that's all for main topic. Which I think perfectly segues into the main topic. <laughs> well, news first, Ed. Come on, let Sean have his news. All right, fair point. Let's do that one first. You're all right. Sean, it's your story. I think you should run this one. Well, are we talking about the ships? Yeah. We are. Give me one second. Let me get into podcast. Let's see, where do we put it? X-Wing? Yeah. X-Wing talk. All right. Well, it looks like uh, Asmodee uh, put out or the uh, the pre-release for two new ships. Um, one is a, is that Republic there, Chris? Yeah, that is the Republic Z95 Headhunter. Headhunter. Or Z, Z95. Z95. For, for those of us who speak uh, American English, Z95. <laughs> Z95 um, Headhunter. Yeah, I agree. Yep. <laughs> uh, basically they are a new sculpt uh, and they're following that clone war sculpt of the z95 which i actually like um, i know others on here have expressed differences to it but i really like the i really like this sculpt of it now we don't have any cards or any release information on it nah, yet um, and and it, did it look like there were two packs for those? They are like both. The, they are packs, they are yeah. two packs. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're getting two, which is pretty cool. And uh, price point in the U.S. looks like forty four ninety nine, which yeah, which is, is pretty standard. Yeah. I like these to defend are... myself on that one, Sean, real quick. It's not that I don't <laughs> care for the 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 Clone Wars version of the, the Z ninety five. I do. I like it because it reminds me an awful lot of how the arc uh, cockpit is. The, for me, it's a lore perspective. And that the Z95 for for me has always been the precursor to the X-Wing. So it had the same cockpit style and the same fuselage design as an X-Wing. It just had one set of wings, not two. So when I look at that one, it doesn't feel right to me. That's all. That's the only piece to it. The the other thing I would look at it is this is the precursor to the one you're talking about, which is the precursor to the X-Wing. Right, and I you get know, that. I do. You know, the the Clone War stuff seems to be a little chonkier when it comes to how they built their ships out, things like that. So they probably had, you know, more material at the time than when you're getting into that, you know, later time frame. The the pre, you know, the pre Galactic Republic, um, pre stuff like that, and right. And you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Clone Wars. Um, cartoon or the the prequels you know the prequels are good um but i like the style of the prequel ship now i do love the x-wing you know the x-wing is because it's iconic yes it's the be all end all and when you're seven years old in 1977 it you know has a giant impact on your brain so the x-wing will the x-wing b-wing will always be my too big um, iconic ships in the I Star Wars universe. Um, I love. It, I have always loved the fact that the the whole it, 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 the center of gravity is on the cockpit and the ship spins around it. That always seems so backwards to me. It's so fun. Yeah. Yep. Okay, the second ship on this one is. So before you move on, Sean, I, I oh, did sorry. have a couple of. Right. So the, my only worry for this ship is if it says. Z95 is that it's another two dice attack ship for um, for Republics. Yeah. Obviously, they've got the V19s, they've got the V-Wing, uh, they get this as well now. 
Like, I feel like the corns are just being done dirty, man. Like the the N one is a is it two, yeah the N one's a two dicer as well. I think. I think uh, you might be right. Yeah. I think you're right. So how many two attack dice low haul ships can you put into an army before they just don't like have a role to fill? Yeah. So well, ultimately, though, didn't we learn in the at the beginning of X Wing that you could put a bunch of two dice ships, create a swarm, and basically shoot ships down because you're killing them by stealing tokens and making them, you know, you know, de streamlining them basically, and then killing them because, well, you're you're rolling as many you know attack dice as they have defense dice type thing. Now these are difficult. These get more difficult when you're going up against three defense dice ships or more, you know. But I just thought there was something to set them apart, is what I'm like getting at. It's like the the V Wings are like the three agility, the V 19s are the two agility, but a bit chunkier with a terrible dial. Uh, The the N1s have got the shields and the full throttle. So they're on like the upper end of the, the points bracket because like they're not really the your cheap filler ship. But like so the I I I worry that these will just null and void the V nineteen. That said, the fact that they added the second missile slot to the V nineteen and you can take barrage on it now. I mean, maybe that just null and void my entire argument, and uh, like that you can't really consider a V nineteen a two dice ship anymore. Well, and, and my wife just bought me a cup of tea because she loves me. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I mean, so you're making they... the assumption, of course, that it is a two attack dice ship. It's a Z ninety five. It's most likely going to be a two attack dice ship. I, I would not see how it wouldn't be. I'm gonna, my inner Bob is screaming, going, but it all depends on points and the dial. And well, I think if, I think I think if we look at this realistically to lore, so let's go back to lore. Weren't clones and clone ships basically just disposable entries, you know, in in their army? Look, you man, know, I'm a fan of Paul Coon, so clones are people too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point here. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, you throw more. You know, so I'm guessing these you're probably going to be able to put four or five. Six on the board, hopefully. Do an maximum mini swarm to to oh. do a you know kind of give them a swarm ability, and you know and, uh, and hopefully they'll have some you know nifty nifty things you know. But I who knows? So. I hope so. I'm I'm excited because I like the sculpt and I think if I was getting into X Wing now and didn't and I didn't have this where it means I have to keep all of like, all of the factions. I think I'd be a Republic player because Sean just get fucked. I've got the force. Just get fucking yeah. wrecked. <laughs> I don't want to be good at the game. I just always want to have that calculate token on hand when I need it. Just yeah, you just want to win. That's yeah, all you want to do. Just trying to outfly it seems difficult. I'll just have a purple token that just says get wrecked. It's fine. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, on, so that the is second one. <laughs> well, well, first I just want to say that is SWZ eighty nine in the catalog. Yeah, and we're moving on to SWZ ninety two. Yeah. So by uh, my by by my math, there might be a couple numbers missing in there. So the uh, ones like were what were already announced. I think eighty nine was the missing skew. Oh, okay. Um, 
Gotcha. And I believe we've got, obviously we know about the Red Crest and Gauntlet, which I believe are ones that fill that hole, and Pride of Mandalore. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I mean, back to X-Wing talk? Okay. Yeah. So moving on, because Chris, Chris prompted me to move on. So SWZ92 <laughs> is a, and and bear with me, it's a scum and what's the other one again? Separatist. Is that? Separatist, thank you. It's a separatist build with scum. So this is a dual use box. Um, yeah. It is called the Rogue Class Starfighter, and Cad Bane basic ship. Yes, Cad Bane, and these are more droid ships too, right? Um, I think so. I uh, I don't. All I know is that it was. It, well, it's separatist faction ship, so I would be awfully surprised if there wasn't a calculate token toting pilot. Right. Um, the price point on these are forty seven ninety nine, so a little bit more than the others, but a little bit chunkier. Know, yeah, they have a little more girth to them, um, and. They just to me they look like they, they look like sorry, fucking, fucking wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'd pay extra for an extra girth, Sean. So it's okay, you know. It's got it where it, it's got it where it counts. That's right. That's right. It's got it in the nacelles in the in the cockpit, you know, where it counts. <laughs> All the puns. Here we go. Oh dear. Um, but I, I don't have much more to say. I just I found this on a site um, on Facebook today, and thought it was pretty interesting that we're seeing you know more ships. Um, and my guess, and I have to guess on this one because I don't know, I don't have the ins to this, but my guess is these are FFG created ships. I would, um, I would think they come in the same vein as the the, the previous ones with the Mandalorian. I'm yeah, fairly and, certain that on one of the Twitch streams they said that they don't have any physical product in but, the pipeline. Uh, yeah, like the we're still working through a backlog of FFG stuff, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, the one good thing is, is I'm actually interested to see now that we're probably as close to through the catalog, you know, from FFG. We're probably we have to be close to the end of that line. Yeah, I mean, so the tongue in cheek response is once we stop getting a bunch of fucking words on the cards, that's when we'll know. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just, let, just let me read all the words on this Clan Ren volunteer. While you perform an attack at range one, if the speed of your revealed maneuver matches that of a friendly ship at range one, you might. I don't know. I just want to roll dice at people. Too many yeah. words. Yeah. How do landing struts work again? All of the words. Yeah. Oh, man. All of the words. Um, but, yes. No, yes. Um, but truthfully, so deadpan serious now, just to, to change the tone. I'm massively excited to see what AMG do. If I, and there's a chance it, because we, we've had. A, We've definitely had the discussion off her. I don't know if we've had it on her about the licensing and like how much work they're going to put in until they know if the license is renewed or if they're even going to try and renew it. I'm, who who knows? Generally, like, they could just yep. be done. There's no guarantees, and it would be sad, but what are you going to do? Right. But, I, 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 hate bringing that point, I hate bringing that point up, but that is sort of like 
in in a roundabout way, that is kind of the genius of where Nova Squadron and Nova Squadron Radio came from. Uh, Nova Squadron came from folks that were playing the original Star Wars miniatures game that uh, Wizards of the Coast had. Um, and when that game ended and the license moved over to Fantasy Flight Games, they followed the license. Yeah. And the rest is obviously history. They continued. The, the game did exceptionally much better than the Wizards of the Coast game did. Um, but there, you are correct. There is no guarantee that AMG is even going to pursue it. I would hope that they would, but there's a lot of business decisions on the back end of that that we're not privy to that might not make it viable for them. I don't know. Well, my hope obviously at... is that they do because I'd hate to see another reset of a miniatures game, but it also means an end of a game that I have a lot of history in that I'd really like to not. Even though I'm not actively playing a ton of it, I don't want to see it go away either. Well, not only that though, but you had Asmodee sell. You know, so they have new ownership, you know, so it depends if, yeah, there is, you know, the, the, the return on investment, what, what becomes to the return on investment with the new investors. And, you know, so there's a lot of things that will go into that. You know, if this is the, you know, if this is the end of life for a game, you know, it is, but one thing I will say to that is that I'm not sure we would have seen competitive play continue. No, and no, I think that I, I, I don't think that anyone at AMG is working under the impression that the game's just done and that they're treading water. Because why? Why would you open yourself up for all of this abuse? And right. you you would just tread water. You do like everyone across the board, as far as I'm aware, was extremely happy with the last points change before two point five. Like all of the detractors from 2.5 said that X-Wing was in the best place it's ever been, which was what AMG did. Right. Like they had a points change before they did 2.5. Right. Credit where credit's due. So like they could have just like sat on that and just kept treading water, put pump these ships out and just you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's working under that. So I and that's why I'm always he- hesitant to focus on it too much because it's a massive negative. And like mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah. I've said this a lot in recently over the last few months, and not just for X Wing, but just like my life view in general at the minute is like I would rather be wrong working under the assumption that X Wing is going to go from strength to strength and continue forever than right about saying that X Wing is going to be shit and be dead in a year. Right. It's like, right. yeah, I won. That right. thing I love's gone forever. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You know what you I mean? Know, and, like, and, and I will say... And always makes those assumptions like, oh, well, we'll keep the community, will keep the game going. And there are some games, there are some examples of games out there in the community have kept a game going through, you know, writing their own rules, writing their own cards, like the Star Wars CCG, for example, that the Cyphers have is a really good example of one of those. But for every one of those, there are thousands of dead games out there that are no longer published and no longer supported and nobody plays anymore in any significant number. Yeah. And you know, you got to look at this too. This is a 10 year old game now. This isn't, you know, a it's new, freaking, f- that is so freaking crazy to hear. It that. is. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, you're getting into the time when it was released, you know, at that Gen Con time frame in August of 12. Yeah. You know, I mean, by and- the time, Sorry, Sean, by the time this, this comes out, we'll have had Adepticon, so that's been played this weekend. And yes. I'm going to be, I have no ideas what the numbers are from Adepticon, but hopefully that blows it out of the water, it's a massive event, and like 
we just it, I don't even care about winners, losers, that kind of right. thing. I, do, I just want good vibes from Partici- the community in, in, par- in participation. Yeah, you know, because here's the thing: it's still a game of setting dials, moving ships, and rolling dice. The difference yeah. between the game is is that they've just changed up the way that the game comes to a conclusion. Basically, you know, before it was a seventy-five before it was a seventy-five minute game that had you flying around and blowing ships up. Now it's a relatively 75 minute game. <laughs> there is we'll an to that, yes. We'll, we'll get in there. Which, we'll get in there. which you can still fly around and blow up ships, but it adds another element into it where it's you you really should, and I'm not saying you have to, but you really should capture objectives and things like that, depending upon which scenario you're running. You know, it's it's that type of thing that, you know, your list building isn't just me versus the world now. It's me versus scenario versus the world. Yeah. And I think that's more fun. That's more exciting to me. But we'll get into that, you know, at another time. Well, I think we can just, go, it's, go on to it. Well, so I did have one last thing and I wanted to touch on for these two shit, well, two packs. Um, obviously, it's the second and third twin ship packs that we've seen the first being the resistance y-wings um yep. and I, I picked up a pack of the resistance y-wings uh, i only picked up one and i i don't know how i feel about it I, it's blatantly a cash grab of like oh people are probably only going to buy one of these so let's make them buy two but then i don't know that i care because i think the price per ship is still cheaper than given the new pricing so like you 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 gain with one hand and lose with the other kind of thing yeah you're spending more overall if you only want one but i feel like you can get better value out of the packs it's a bit weird i don't know like i said i don't know how i feel so what do you guys think no I, that makes sense to me i get so i get it what you're saying from maybe one ship like the y-wing but like the z95s for example if they are able to be taken in mass like we think they probably will be it's probably a better value yeah well, I, yeah i mean I, I i think more is better when it comes to ships I, um, I would rather see this type of pack than the squadron packs right the the big examples for me are the um guardians of hope i think or whatever the republic one is well the only way i can get v19s is by buying this box or if you play first order and you want the tie whisper you have to buy it with two extra bombers so if i wanted to run two whispers and two bombers i have to buy four bombers to get my two whispers yeah i think so like the squadron boxes are great i just wish they only did reprints of ships in squadron boxes and right. leave this kind of pack for the dual packs, but uh, I mean, yeah. I think I that that's that. that's a live and learn kind of thing. Well, third edition, well, you I know, mean, we can fix that. You have me in the camp, <laughs> and, you, and of course, this is Ed thought he was right, and then Chris showed him how wrong he was. Scenario where I'm in the camp where it is, let's assume for the sake of a moment, the game's going to continue on, and we're all everything's going to be happy. The game's going to continue to roll of them. maneuvering their way out of these squadron packs and doing quote-unquote starter packs for individual armies in which case you would have that scenario where maybe it comes with three ships maybe it comes with four but each of those ships is also individually for sale if you wanted to solve that problem 
right yeah. that would be the model i would like to see them uh transition into yeah um but yeah that was my only closing thoughts i suppose on that do you have anything sean no i think i've talked out on that one yeah cool so add main topic. i'm done too thanks I was, i'm mm-hmm. done too thanks for asking <laughs> It's okay. I've, I'm just cognizant of at some point you're going to be like, these earpods have just run out. I can't hear you guys anymore. No, no. Luckily for you, I always keep my shit fully charged. So everything was coming off 100% charge. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the fun stuff. Let's move on to the main topic and the main rules, the hotshot events. Um, I don't know how you want to go through this one. There's, uh, the, the opening parts of this, none of this genuinely surprised me as far and these are pretty standard rules as far as player responsibilities, what you're responsible for bringing. Um, I did like to take note that as far as customization was concerned, some of the rules I think are reprinted from FFG, I think. But uh, So there's a lot of crisis protocol um, wording in this. So the cool stuff for miniatures, I, I assume that's what you're talking about, customization yeah. from Correct. Yeah. So the big things that I would like to highlight from this, which we did highlight when they did it in the... Because they ha- added this section as an errata in the rules reference guide, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you can take any YT-1300, so you can have a Lando's Falcon to be, be Ray's Falcon, which previously was not the case. Correct. Um, and the fact that they, just for all of those fucking dickheads who keep going on about it, I, I love all of you, if you're listening, mm. but you're still a fucking dickhead, Will. Um, <laughs> if if two or more miniatures in play could potentially touch, players may remove a miniature from its plastic peg until the conflict is resolved. So all of those people who were whining, saying, oh, you can't remove your ship from the peg, it's in the rules now. Well, AMG don't know what they're doing. They added it in just for you. Stop whining. Yep, it's there. Uh, so, I, I mean, so, so I say Will, because Will was running um, one of his ships on 17 pegs. Well, I can't take it off my peg, so it's got to be stupidly high so it doesn't bump anything. Fuck off. You're doing well, it because you think, you think you're being funny. Just letting well, you know. You also have those people that use like the epic stands for their large base ships just to be able to kind of clear some space, which I mean, I think what I used to think was kind of cool. I get it myself putting 17 pegs on a small ship, I'd be afraid of like the wind stopping over it, snapping those things off. Um, it's I'm just being but, mean because I can, it's not bullying when they opt in, or so I'm told. <laughs> Some of the other stuff I just wanted to point out, uh, the majority of your parts, if you're going to be customizing, have to be from the X-Men Miniatures games, which does open the door for adding custom bits and pieces onto your uh, models if you so desire. They do, however, have to be identifiable as the ship that you're going for. And I'm pretty sure that FFG had cleared this one up a long time ago. The people that were making like the SpongeBob um, YT-1700, like you can't put copyrighted logos, symbols, iconic elements, or other iconography onto your ships that are not Star Wars. I mean, that's just standard. Right. right. What they... Because don't get me wrong, I've seen cool paint schemes. I, I, I really feel like have. we've had this conversation before, but this is basically, you can't have... They cannot endorse the... I'm trying to figure out the correct the the terminology I can use that isn't going to get us cancelled. <laughs> but, but previously to 2016, a Trump decimator was funny. After 2016, it stopped being funny 
and started being very bad. Start being funny but, for some people. <laughs> but just to be fair, no, you can't. Uh, they cannot endorse that as being okay. And I'm not saying it's because of Trump or whatever. I'm saying it because X-Wing Miniatures game cannot endorse a political candidate. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, obviously, and it's like, it, you as a player could paint a picture of yourself taking a shit on a can of Coca-Cola. They yeah. can't endorse that because then it opens them up to issues, shall we say. So right. it's, it's easier to just say, no, you can't do any of that. And then if right. you do it anyway, that's on you. But AMG didn't say it was okay. So yeah, don't worry about it. If you've painted your ships, don't just do what you want. No one's going to care. But when someone asks, you can't say AMG said it was okay. Precisely. Um, um, a couple... A couple, a couple things I have, I have highlighted. I went through and actually yeah. highlighted stuff. I'm gonna go through it real quick. You did. I knew this oh, was coming. I, I'm excited. I, I hope you're gonna mention the next one that people are gonna whine about that I get to just laugh at. It's gonna be fun. So dice. Yeah, there we go. Just, okay, so I've not, already nothing seen but this net, today. Sean. Nothing but net. You, you were. I've right seen on this the today money. already. People just peeing down their legs about <laughs> dice. <laughs> Let the rules say player must use official Star Wars X-Wing dice. This includes the dice found in the core box, dice expansions, and or promotional material distributed by Atomic Mass, Atomic Games. Mass Games. Players may not use replacement dice. Now, what I've seen in the arguments today is, I can't use my world's dice because they were given to me by Fantasy Flight and not Atomic <laughs> Mass. Fuck off, people, please. Like, seriously? Yeah. They're official dice. You got them through events. Yeah. So that's that promotional or material distributed, we'll say, by Atomic Mass Games, previously Fantasy Flight. Yeah, yeah. they should have. Uh, it's it's not even that they should have had. It's st some stuff has to go unsaid. Because again, yes. if FFG release something with dice and this says that you can use FFG, di uh, FFG dice. Oh, okay. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. Right, yes. What about if FFG at some point releases um, an X-Wing dice that's got all hits on it? I don't fucking know. But right. The, then you... Right, it's just... Because cause the way that I look at this is that X-Wing is no longer an FFG product. Pro uh, no. Product. It's now an atomic mass product. Yeah. The, and the legacy, legacy carries over. That is correct. The the and only one I could give you the argument for is if someone specifically went up to a TO and was like, I want to use the dice from Outer Rim, then it's like, oh, well, they're not X-Wing dice and it's made by FFG, but I don't know why. That's the only argument I can see. But if you bought Outer Rim just to use a dice in X-Wing, right, you still got. Well, the game. one thing is, you're also not going to know the difference. No, you know. I was just gonna. I was just gonna point that out. I challenge someone to set those up again. No, but that's what I mean. Like you and have to go and you, you'd have to go and tell them. Yes, yeah. you have to make it a point, which yeah. is ridiculous. Which feels um, like you're making it a point to make it a point, not because you want to use those dice. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So another thing I saw today was about measuring tools and having yeah, the side. point that I wanted to hit on. Yeah, measuring tools from you know the 
the secondary market, you know, things like that. Um, but in reality, it says players using substitutions must must check with the the EO, the, which event, is the event organizer, oh, baby. event organizer, before the event begins, so the cool tools can be verified as being correct size and shape. I, I have that, never ever had that checked. Well, ever. the other thing is what people what people were bitching about is if Fantasy Flight never put out. Asmodee never put out measuring tools. Yes, they did. It's in the template kit. Yeah. Um, so the big thing for this is that there are known sets of um, uh, templates that are like actually advantage template. It's a joking term, but obviously the joke is founded in truth. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head which set it was that were absolutely ridiculous, but certain players might still be using them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and these are the templates where you can line up in bullseye, and after two forward moves, you're no longer in bullseye. Right. Because yeah. there's that much wiggle room in the templates. Now, as an EO, I can say, nope. Yep. Whereas in previously, nope. I couldn't. Um, so Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is they talk about components being essential components. Oh, can we? Can you pause for a second? Yeah. Because there's one other piece I want to highlight on the measuring tools. Uh, players may not use measuring devices that do not have an equivalent tool supplied by Atomic Mass Games. Now, there are other measuring devices that I have seen that people have brought to tables to measuring, I don't know, if they're doing measuring arcs, if they're measuring this, they're measuring this. Like some of the oh. laser cut stuff like like people have used before just for those other purposes, those are now officially not permitted. But I'm going to guarantee you if you walk to the table with a with a laser that actually is straight, not the curved little pen light lasers that you can get, you know, I don't think they're well, I wasn't think, I wasn't thinking so much I wasn't thinking so much about those as I was some of the Yeah, there's um, ones that you can put on the front of the bases that give you the arc extension. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, like yeah, those yeah, or the ones that allow you to pre-set up like formations. Like I've seen some of those yeah. that you can actually like those you now no longer can use. Right, right. Yeah. And and I think I think this will all become intuitive as more events. You know, number one, it's still up to the event organizer, you know, how you play X Wing. So, um, and, and I'll talk about it at the end, what's going on locally, which is just ridiculous. But um, I want to talk about really quick uh, components. It says essential components are ship bases, obstacles, devices, and tools. These components have a specific size and are supplied with ships or cards that require them. Non-essential components are tokens, markers, shields, and charges, turret arc indicators, and ship IDs. Players are never allowed to modify their essential components, but may replace them. Players using substitution should check with the EO before the event begins, so the tokens can be verified as being the correct size and shape. Players may modify or replace non-essential components as long as the tokens used are clear and do not interfere with gameplay, and they don't mean transparent clear. They mean clearly that token. Yeah. Right. Um, and like... Chris brought up a couple shows ago about the person on Etsy who was making the token packs and the, you know, and the, yeah. the satellites, you know, the, the objective packs and stuff, yeah, which I did purchase. Yeah. Mine yep. arrived as well. I've not got to use them yet because I haven't managed yep. to play. But. Well, I was hoping to use them at the first tournament in Omaha, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, 
Yeah. So squad lists, it clarifies squad lists. Um, yeah. You know, it's from the rules reference. So if you have questions about that, I like the sportsmanship clarifications. It gives you a little bit more. Can we par- I, I, I hate to yeah. on this and squad this. So the only point that I, I, I have mentally noted on this one is obviously because there isn't an official app, there's not going to be an official app. Um, technically, when showing up to an event, you cannot print your, you know, yet another squad to 2.5 list out and turn it in. You actually have to turn it in on the sheets that were provided for them. So you can use it to build your squads and get your points down correctly, but ultimately, in the end, when attending an event, it has to be in a written form on those forms. Where does it say that? Player must submit a squad list to the EOs near the beginning of the day and may not change them. A squad list is built as described on page 20 of the rules reference. It can be found at asmonday.com slash documents. Let's have a look at page 20 of the rules reference then. Page 20. Because I feel like there's going to be a lot of grey here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, that's the reason why I brought this question up to the, <laughs> to the panel here. Because Technically, what they're saying is you need to turn in a physical document from atomicmass.com slash x-wing dash documents. So what? Oh, I just, have I lost now, it? Is that oh. rules as written as opposed to rules as intended? No, so no? it's described on page 20 of the Star Wars X-Wing rules reference. Page 20 rules reference. I didn't see anything about squad lists on there. Neither. It says... Well, it, I mean, all this says when building their squad list, players need to be aware whether the event is standard or, or extended. In a standard event, the squad list may use only ships and upgrades that are available in the standard format. In an extended in an extended event, squad list may be may use ships and upgrades that are available in extended format. The points documents, which can be found at Atomic Mass Games documents, detail which cards and upgrades are allowed in each format. Yeah, no, I, I was talking about the paragraph above it, though. I know, I know what you're talking about, but so I don't remember page, seeing page anything. Page twenty on doesn't 20. have anything about squad lists on it. It does not. Yeah, interesting. Errata. And then I, when playing, I can only event, assume that it's yeah. moved somewhere else. But yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it was. I'm sure that that is just a sheer typo. But my point is, is like we know how some of the rules lawyery members uh, of our community be, can be. I think I think they mean page nineteen, but. Um, because that's got setup, which includes building your squad. But yeah, there's nothing in there about squad lists. But yeah, I, this I, I is this states though. This states a squad list is built as described on page twenty. Yeah, and being described, it's the squad list is the list of ships you're bringing using the the points. You know, the the points off of. Yeah. You know, it's all on page twenty, I believe, on how to build it. But it's not about squad list the physical, the physical actual pages all right yeah, maybe i'm yeah. just reading that then. i'm fine i'm yeah, totally I, fine I, being wrong with that because i'd rather not start that fire I, yeah. I get where i get where that could be just because of the way the words are written yeah, but, but no um but basically you can't build a 200 point list right correct um let's see really quick I talk. one of my favorites well there isn't much in here i mean truthfully sportsmanship just talks about missed opportunities the margin of error objects are sometimes moved accidentally or placed in exactly during normal course of the game. This is acceptable within a reasonable margins. Player must not amuse this margin of error, however, and they must use the components included with the game to help them be as accurate as possible. 
If a player feels their opponent is abusing this margin of error or if they need to make particularly difficult movement, they should call a marshal for assistance. Pretty much has been there, you know, since yep. day one. Um, but I could see it because now you have more crap on the table, you know. So, uh, one of the things we'll get to about um, when I run the events, we'll get into this a little bit, but um, there's some interesting stuff uh, to talk about to do with like margin of error and that kind of thing. But we'll get yep. there. And remember, what I'm reading about talks about this is kind of this is all in the hot shot event. So, this is kind of an all-inclusive for Hotshot, but I'm sure all this spills over into any other style of event that they yeah. decide exists. Um, yeah. The other thing I want to talk about, do you, does anybody want to talk about anything on event? Um, um, organizer responsibilities other than round times? Just on no, the it's time. changed to uh, event organizer rather than TO or any Correct. of that stuff. Uh, yep, I find needless changes are always fun. I love it. Yep. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an but, EO now. Yeah, you're an EO instead of a TO, so... I mean, I Ugh. I kind of like this is just picking hers kind of thing, but it's not necessarily a tournament, is it? We just all want to come together and have a nice, fun event. I mean, not necessarily nice event. a competitive tournament. So, yeah, right. whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that goes into the kind of thing they spoke about initially when they took over and everyone panicked that OP would be dead when they said that they want to run other things so this comes into like the aces high it's not an aces high tournament it's an aces high event if they do like that droid football soccer thing they've spoken about i can't remember what it's called the droid you're looking for whatever that kit was called uh that's not really a tournament is it it's an event Uh, right so i I get it i'm on board i'll bitch and moan about it and still call myself a to because i'm stupid but whatever Yeah, yeah. Uh, scenario selection. So this is the other part of it. During each event round, um, X-wing, Star Wars X-wing games will be played using a different scenario. That's pretty pretty plain and simple. Pretty plain and um, simple. And I'm going to take a wild guess that most TOs are going to have. Or I'm sorry, there I just did it. Most EOs are going to already have pre-decided what that randomly generated order is for round one, round two, round three, round four. Or you can draw. Yeah, you, you I like draw. you do. You do the same thing you do with Armada, and you just draw it. But yeah. I just, yeah, I had all four of them printed out, and I just uh, had them laid out on my table, flipped one over. That was when we played. Then took it yeah, out the, the pool, flipped over yeah. the next one. I mean, you could do it if you want to go into it with it totally laid out. That's fine, you know. Just don't tell anybody what it is. So yeah, don't have the, the only thing I'm thinking is ahead of time is to making sure that all the objective markers are available at the tables in between rounds kind of thing like if you know one's going to have you know just the one versus the five or yeah yeah. that's the only thing that i'm thinking about for as far as an eo's perspective just making sure the tables are prepared that's it yep okay the the big one the big the big crybaby piece on this now (laughs) is event round times event round times and i'm not reading the top part but it says the eo the eo should never tell players the remaining time in the round. Mm-hmm. If a game has not concluded when the time for an event round runs out, the player finishes the current game round and calculate their scores. The base round time is 75 minutes. So we haven't changed the base time. Hasn't changed. To, to create a variable time length, roll one attack die and three defense dice. If the attack die result is a crit or a hit, Add minutes to the round timer equal to the number of evades and focus rolled on the defense dice. 
If the attack roll is blank, remove minutes from the round equal to the number of evade and focus. focus. My God, how uh-huh. hard is this shit? If the attack die is a focus, do not add or remove any time from the round timer. I have I have seen people just like cascade into, you know, just fits of rage over this this, and this is number it's one. Plus it does, or minus three minutes. Hold on, hold on. Right? I want to say this. Th- th- that's correct. It's plus or minus three minutes, but it doesn't affect the fucking players at all. Right. They don't know. It shouldn't affect the players at all. It, it shouldn't at all. And and it says games end after twelve rounds of play when the round time. The game ends. Game end after twelve rounds of play when the round timer ends, or when one player wins the scenario, whichever occurs first. So three typical win conditions, you know, basically. So this is this is addresses something that we've spoken about quite well, quite often, of that last turn in a game. So if the game ends now, I win. Right, man, I've got a whole lot of decisions to make because I know how long's left in the in the game. If I right. continue to run for the, and run the clock out, I win. But if but, I don't know what the clock is, yeah, and all it does is remove the the certainty of that. You can mm-hmm. people are still going to do it if they feel like for near the end of a the game they're going to either speed up or slow down depending on it's a i'm not even saying there's anything wrong with it inherently it's a natural thing of like man i'm behind i need to get caught up so i need to play like and there's a the good thing about it is it's a finite number of turns so we when we found out it was going to be a round limit it was one of the things that i mentioned that i thought was good was that it might Same. stop that but all this does is remove that certainty of like, well, if I um, if I just take my time picking these actions, then um, yeah, you're they're playing against the clock and I win. And changing the the as Ed, Ed said, it's plus or minus three minutes. And I 100% believe that the TO should do this in secret. Oh, agreed. 100%. And I, I'm gonna be honest. I probably wouldn't even roll a dice. I would just pick one of those numbers and just adjust it by that yep. amount and not roll a dice. I don't care, whatever. Some rounds might be 73 minutes. Some rounds might be 77. doesn't matter. And ultimately, none of that shit actually matters anyway because yep. like the event I, I ran, I was giving people time to get set up, which means all the dials are set for turn one anyway. Right. right. The time is starting after the planning phase of turn one. So they're not playing a 75 minute game, are they? Because no, they're playing already... about an 80 minute game. Yeah. So, so, so th- th- now the reason why I skipped the first part of this and I'm saving it for the last is because of this. Each yeah. event round of Star Wars X Wing is a variable length, giving players a certain amount of time to complete their games. The EO should start the timer for an event round after most players have found their seats and begun setup. Yeah. So the beauty of it is, is that your event timer starts. Doesn't matter for you at your fucking table or not. Yeah. Yep. This is this is the TO's best friend rule right here. <laughs> this, this gets your events on a schedule. On a schedule. Yeah. yeah. This is 
This is what lacked in the other ones because it is never given out there when you start the round. So most of the time you're starting the round when everybody's at their tables. But if people are dallying at the, you know, at the pairings wall or whatever it is, and I've seen it so many times because you can't get people away from pairings walls because they want to see who their friends are playing or what position they're in or how far up and down, taking pictures of the thing. As an EO now, I can just start the clock as most people are at the table. And now it's on my time, not their time, which I did anyway. You know, you got to remember when I ran events, I think by the second round, players knew, you know, they need to move quick and get to their spots. And because I didn't screw around if it broke 90, 90 minutes, it pissed me off, you know. So all I was and, doing, Sean, at, my, at the event I just ran, was I'd set a timer for when the time would start, and I'd tell people. Uh, I've, and I didn't tell them how long the timer was. So I, I've set a timer, once it's beeps, your brain starts. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. You know, you have you basically have two timers. a What I call the pairings timer, when people can go up and see the pairings, and when the round starts. This is perfect. I love that. Yeah, man. Thought you might. Um, okay, pairings. Pairings are basically similar, you know, Swiss style pairings and hot shot. Um, if not, all players will play. If not, all players will play all rounds of the event. The EO should announce before the event begins how many rounds the event will run before any progression cuts are made, which is standard. And and when you get into tournaments, you pretty much know because you can scale. You know, you can play scale by how many players equals how many rounds. You know, there's easy way to do it. When necessary, a player may be assigned a buy during a round instead of being paired against an opponent. That player receives a win and earns 18 mission points for that round. Not still, not ha- still not happy that it's not 20, but it's better than 150 or well, 100. It doesn't help. If, we'll get into it a little bit later. It doesn't help yes. the schedule either. Correct. Well, it doesn't help your opponent strength the schedule, and that's the problem right. that I have with it. Yeah. Um, the rules for when to assign a buyer detail below. Okay. Um, so players can leave an event early in several ways. If a player no longer wishes to continue playing, that player must notify the EO of their intent to drop, which you'll still have people just walk out and not tell Oh, them. God, yeah. I'm the, going to. I'm done. The, the EO will avoid pairing that player in future rounds by dropping them from the event. Players should notify the EO of their intent to drop as soon as possible, and the EO may apply penalties to players who fail to do so, such as withholding prizes, if any, at their discretion. That's usually not an issue because most players drop, you know, because they're not in prizes. Players can also be dropped if they do not appear within a reasonable time limit for a round in which they are paired, or if they are no longer able to play for any other reason. This is interesting. Players can request that the EO allow them to rejoin an event from which they were dropped. A player who rejoins in this way is assigned an unpaired loss for each round they did not participate in. There's a sentence missing from this. There is. If the EO allows them to rejoin... That's exactly it. Because here's the deal. So I don't know if Cryodex is still a viable software for X-Wing, but it's not. now the Chris, Chris hasn't updated it. Okay. So now if you're using software, whoever is making software needs to go in and make that a viable 
viability within their software to bring people back into tournaments. Yeah, it's go. such an odd case. So how, like, honestly, uh, uh, how often? It- like, literally, there's multiple reasons why I would drop you, and like, I, I wouldn't let you rejoin. Neither would I. Right. I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, is that the the event because remember right, we're talking never, about never say never, obviously, but yeah, go on, Sean. Well, let me let me ask you this thing, Chris, because now you're talking about this is no longer a tournament; this is an event. So yeah. their view of it is, and I can I can, I feel that the, I'm right on this is that their view of it is is that this is a community dis, you know community based game, community decision. Guy had to go because. His wife was nagging, you know, the kids were out, stuck out, and she'd been sitting out in the car for four hours. I mean, we're, you know. we're an inclusive podcast, Sean, so uh, the, the lady the husband, the husband, husband was nagging. Because yeah. her husband was nagging because he was sitting in the car, you know, for four hours with the kids, waiting for her to get the tournament over, and the kids needed dinner, so they had to go to McDonald's, and, you know, she had the money, and blah, you know. Yeah. Yep. I just, or, I, I really, you know, that, the reverse of that is where you have the, I'm not, the tournament starts at two. I work at one. I got stuck in traffic. The event already started. So just give me a loss for the first round and just put me in the second one. Right. Well, cause I still want to play. I, it. Cause I've, I've had that. Cause I still want to play. No, I, I agree. And that's what I mean. Like, but those aren't people dropping and then rejoining. And that's yeah, what no, I, like, the, the, I think there's a rabbit hole to go down here, which isn't really necessary. Cause I think that, this is probably not for most eos i would guess that this bullet point wasn't really necessary but whatever it's in there cool i I agree yeah it's it's in there but i Um, I will say that a player can request that the eo allow them to rejoin it doesn't say the eo has to let them correct the other thing is is at the beginning of the event if you're the eo you can tell people if you drop, you will be dropped completely from the tournament. If you want to play more games, do pickup games. Uh, right, not even that. Right. If you want to drop, you can drop. If you need to miss a round, tell me that that's what you need to do. Yeah, th- that would be the other way to yes. do it, too. But, yeah. You know, communication. Be kind to your yeah. ears. Be kind yeah. to your ear. So, a progression cut, we all know what that is. Um, mm-hmm. End of match. End of match, victory, one player wins the match. So yeah. uh, time, the game timer runs out. So this is the end of match, how it works um, and how they end. Victory, one player wins the match. So one person gets their 20 points before the other person. Game's over. Doesn't matter how many rounds. Doesn't matter where the timer's at. Time, the game timer runs out. The players finish the current round of the game. After the cleanup phase, the player with the most mission points is considered the winner. Draw. So here's an interesting one. Draw if no player uh-huh. has this drives me absolutely freaking nuts. But anyway, knew, knew it. if no player has won the match for any reason, both players are awarded a draw. And then finally, concession because I saw this brought up today. <laughs> concession: one player voluntarily concedes the match. The conceding player receives a loss and earns zero mission points, and their opponent receives a win and earns twenty mission points. Collusion between players is not permitted under the sportsmanship rules of this document. If a marshal believes players are attempting to manipulate the scoring system, the players should either be given warnings or ejected from the event. So this goes back to the past with me that got me in trouble 
way back when on the last show, which nobody cared about, but one person in the chat and all that, and and then brought the show, you know, on point with if you and your opponent agree, you know, because neither are winning and one wants to go on, you can't do that. So, right. and it's in the rules. It's written in the rules. It also eliminates the Roanoke 8 situation where all the players... Does it? Does it? Yeah, well, it eliminates that's... collusion. I mean, it basically well, does state... So, if you the second you allow a draw... Yeah, I you agree. Have, you have to allow intentional draws. That is correct. Because both players can sit at the table and not move a ship for, for 72 to 78 minutes. Yeah. But then this should come back into so, that uh, whole other what part I, of the... What I would say again I... is what should... Stop the Roanoke Eight is not having shit event organizers. Correct. Well, Running the well, correct number of rounds. I want to push back on that a little because the way that it, the marshals believes that players are attempting to manipulate the scoring system by having both players stand there and nobody so, moves the ship for seventy-five minutes—that's manipulating the scoring system blatantly. Well, so Chris and I were it, having a conversation. It manip- is it manipulating the scoring system? Yeah, or, there's no games being played. But that you're. But what's the difference between a draw and an intentional draw? There is none. From a scoring perspective, I agree with your perspective on that. I do. Yeah. So, However, let me let me put this across then, Ed. The last turn of the game, you've got a ship with one hull left and you're drawing with your opponent. You have the choice to turn in or turn out. If you turn out, you know that it's going to be a draw. Are you manipulating the scoring? But that's not a collusion between two players. That's one player deciding to, to make the best of their situation because I still do genuinely believe in a draw is better than a loss. It's still a point as opposed to zero. And if I have an opportunity, if I turn I, out, I can pull an extra point. So out of this what, what zero. I would say is a concession. So the collusion rule here is under concession, right? Mm-hmm. It's not under draw. It's it's not it's not under the sportsmanship section. Fair. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you that an intentional draw is manipulating the overall standings of an event. But what I would say is that it's not colluding in a um, underhanded way to do so. Right, because when you get to a cut. You know, we know this from right. Magic, Ed. When you get to a cut and you have the 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 amount of rounds that determine... So usually what happens is you have seven players that are in and two players that are on that line. And the draw puts one of those... You know, the, the one person that's drawing gets in because of that. And the other one doesn't get in because strength of schedule or whatever wasn't strong enough. It always works out that way. That's how these things work. It's either three players or two players that are caught when it comes to drawing. Yep. And all two players have to do is sit there before the game before they ever walk up to the table and say, Hey, if I play you or, or seven players can do this, get together in a group because they know they're the leaders in the scoring and before they ever walk up to the table, they could be out in the break area getting pops or whatever. Hey, let's just all draw. So, I mean, I need... Uh, and I it's need not collusion it. because because it's not in the draw rules. It specifically states... So, I will concede that point. You are correct in the fact that it is not in the draw rules. It is in the concession rules. Totally agree. 100%. 
So I do wish, however, it were so in its own set of rules in why, the sportsmanship. Why do you, why is an intentional draw okay in magic? I, I don't first of all, if we want to get into that boat, I don't believe it's fair in magic either. I don't. But, Personally, my and maybe this is just me and my own idealistic for all right. I need to rewind yeah. the hair. I am on record as stating that the the Roanoke Eight, the players that elected to do that at that tournament, were following the letter of the rules as they were written at the time. I do not fault them for what they do, and I do not look down on what they did. What I'm thinking of is more along the lines of the spirit of the game, which is the reason why that rule was changed for that reason, was that the players below them, if they had won... It's what it does is it's trying to eliminate those no those feel bads moments. No, yeah, of, but do you know what else eliminates that feel bad moment? Fucking winning, winning. your games. I, I, and I, I don't I, be I shit. If point. you if you care enough that you're gonna get upset that someone finished with so let's take a a four round before cut event, seven points makes a cut. If you finished on six points, maybe you should have fucking won an extra game. Maybe you should have drawn an extra game. I was just going to draw. It's not my fault that you lost that game. And I, it's not the player's fault that they won their games early and had that leeway. It's not their fault. You weren't good enough. You didn't make the cut. If buts and maybes are fucking worth nothing, I I can empathise with you. Uh, oh, if they'd have played the game and then the other person had twenty of them, and I would have got in because my stripper schedule would have been fuck off. Just win. Don't be a shitter. <laughs> Maybe that's where my empathy. All right, legitimately for me, I guess for me, it's integrity okay. of the game. For me, it's the, in but the, this is the only way. If the second a draw is allowed, the only way to have integrity in the game is to allow an intentional draw. Because right. if you disallow it, you're encouraging the exact thing you don't want. Because then it's under the table. Right. As soon as it's out, as soon as you allow it, it's in the open, and everyone knows. So you know that you have to win, because if you don't win these games, you get to a point where some other people, yeah, your fate isn't in your own hands because they can just draw. Yeah. But if you I, disallow I'm it, you can see the fact that I'm on the wrong side of this one. I do genuinely believe that. I I, I get and, that. And there's I, just a big and, and and where this where this comes into play is because you're no longer dealing with MOV. You're dealing with event precisely, points. which is where, which is where my next point was going to go into. Is it led into the fact that we got into the three zero one scoring system again? Yeah. After right. we had gotten through a much better system that I, I mean, is as close it, as you can possibly get to eliminate I, the possibility. I would of disagree that it was better. So. But what, well, in terms uh, of it, it, just it, it, everyone, everyone, stop and let me put my point across. Sorry. So <laughs> X Wing is a terrible game to play competitively because it doesn't have a definitive win condition. Like right. the like, if we were like, if you want to have a winner and a loser, you have to play to destruction. Like, if you have an untimed game and you keep going and someone wins the game fairly, that is fine. The second you take away the win condition from outside of what the actual game is and make it, um, oh, I can't remember, final salvo, that is an arbitrary way of determining the winner because your game has failed to provide an adequate solution. A draw correct. is an adequate solution to that problem. That is correct. It's why draws are allowed in chess. 
which is one of the oldest games ever. If you play in chess tournaments, draws are allowed. Well, draws are allowed in chess because the rules allow for effective a stalemate where the fact that the next player physically can't take a move. But I, and I, ultimately, I ultimately, a stalemate is because the game is equal at a point. Yeah. You know, right. well, and, and that's what it comes down to. In X-Wing, just like chess, there is a point of equilibrium. Time runs out. Guys are tied. Time runs out. Nobody's killed anything. You know, that type of thing. That's what creates... That's what creates in-game draws, but Chris is correct. By having the intentional draw rule, it's the reason why you have that now is because, A, you're running a tournament and there are prizes at stake. So there's what's called the greed quotient involved in this, you know, just yeah, as anything else. Yeah, and I've heard that. Because before. prizes are money. Prize, we've, we had this conversation way back when where I was not for the Roanoke 8, but... It, it it the ripple effect was pretty big off of that. With yep. this one, this is what bothers me, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this. So in event scoring, this is the thing that bothers me the most, which is which you either have to do MOV or something similar to MOV, or use strength of schedule. So the tiebreaker states if two or more players have the same number of event points, tiebreakers are used to determine each player's standings within that group. Tiebreakers are used in the following order until all players within that group have been given a standing. And when they talk about groups, it's groups, it's the group of players that are in the same event point category. Correct. So this is also prior to end cuts. This is this is how you would pair rounds out if you're doing it manually, stuff like that. Strength of schedule. A player strength of schedule is calculated. By dividing each opponent total event points by the number of rounds that opponent has played, adding the results of each opponent played, and then dividing that total by the number of opponents that player has played. The player with the highest strength of schedule score is ranked above all other players. In the group, not yet ranked, sorry. Um, the players with the second highest strength of schedule is ranked second among all players in the group, not yet ranked, and so on. Okay, so, so, go on, so I'll, I'll let you. I'll, I'll let, let you go first, Chris. So, what I I I feel like I'm jumping the gun, so I'm really excited because I preempted this conversation by posting the Excel spreadsheet in podcast crap for the um, the standings from the event I ran, and then I reran the event in Tabletop TO, which uses the correct scoring method, just so I could show how it changes. Which proves the uh, the statement I've hammered home about MOV being an inadequate way of being your first oh, tiebreaker. Before yeah. I ruin recording, can I open my desktop app and my have my app open at the same time without being be logged into both of them without jumping Who out? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. Here we'll find out. If, if I jump go, out, that's what happens. If you jump out, you know, yeah. we'll deal with it. Well, so far I haven't jumped out. Yeah, so I I ran a four-round event with ten players. Um, The winner won all four games, so it was a clear winner. Clear winner, clear decisive winner. Yeah, then we had second place, was a clear second place, having won three games and lost one. Mm -hmm. Then third and fourth place tied in the last round. So we're tied as third and fourth. On they tied um, against it, each other. Yeah, they tied against each other in the last round. Oh, interesting! Uh, I, I was so excited because there hadn't been a tie, and they added up the points at the end. I'm like, 
oh man, we're both on 18 points, it's a tie. Then we had um, three players on six points, having won two, lost two. Two two, players. So I ran it as the the differential between your points. So the number of points scored minus the number of points scored against you was my first tiebreaker, which is effectively MOV under, under a different name. Right? So that's how I rank them. If you then look below where you rank them by strength of schedule, weirdly, the player who had the highest MOV in that category of sixes had the lowest strength of schedule, dropped down two places. The, the, mm. same, the same point band where it was the two players on three points swapped places. The player who had the higher MOV had the lowest strength of schedule. Weird. It's almost like mm-hmm. playing weaker players lets you score more points. Hmm. Strange. This is why I've always supported strength of schedule in spite of its problems. This is why I believe strength of schedule is a better second tiebreaker, or first tiebreaker, I should say, than MLV. Well, and I, how would, oh, go ahead, Sean. Well, I agree with you on that, Chris. Just because MOV, there's there's different pieces of MOV involved. Um, There are negatives, and the negatives are pretty big, but you are correct. This is the best way to do it instead of MOV because, well, MOV creates, and, and here's why, buys. This is the problem with MOV is because the buy devalued the MOV. Yeah, we're in event points. You know, it's so when you have two hundred points, and if you take them by percentages, you know, it's twenty points per percentage for for ten percent. You know, you were at well fifteen. You know, seventy five percent compared to having eighteen out of twenty. So you're getting more with the buy system in this than you would in MOV. Because here's the problem: if you had a buy in the MOV system. You eventually, you're basically, you're halfway between a draw then and a win. So anybody that took a buy, yeah, they didn't play around, but they're they're already down 50 points. You've given the top player in that event 50 points over you. Yeah. And so you're already behind the eight ball. With strength of schedule, it at least gives everybody, puts everybody on an even value. Even yeah. though, even though the buy is only worth 18 you're still on an even value. When they're calculating their strength of schedule, is it different than, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's other places that I've done a strength of schedule before, but to me it seems like they're doing it a little bit different in the fact that it's the number of rounds played divided by the number of points. So if you have that player that only scored two points in round one, they scored four points in round two and decided to drop the event, them dropping the event doesn't necessarily hurt your opponent's in the fact that it's still it's only going to be divided by two, as opposed to right. divided by five or right. six or whatever the number of rounds is, and making that number much much lower. So I re- I read that and went, oh, I really like the way they're doing it because I've never seen anyone do it that way before. Mm-hmm. And and that's the difference. And that's yeah, how you so, that's how you fix the problem. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I I think that you still have the issue with strength of schedule in that you will you, ca- you cannot. In a large event, you cannot control your first round pairings because X-Wing does not have a seeding system. Correct. It's all random. Yeah. Correct. Like, we don't 
award people like buys in early reigns of Swiss. It's not a, a reign robin. It's not got uh, without seeding. Swiss tournaments don't work. Like inherently, right. if you w- are trying to find the best player and want to run a Swiss system, you need to have seeding. Correct. But because you have not to place, the, yeah. you have to place top first bottom. If you're looking for the best, yeah. Now there are things in there that do affect that, but starting out giving a player an advantage, we'll say, yeah, in a Swiss tournament, it doesn't happen because of the seeding doesn't exist. And here's why. And I had this happen a few times where you do random pairings, yeah. and guess what happens? The two best players play against each other in the first round. Yep. So now one of them's already in the in the one loss category yeah. and is real literally playing their tournament every round after that for their life to hopefully get to that eight or nine position that when people intentionally draw they don't make the they don't make the cut. Right. At that juncture they're trying to make the cut. Yeah. And but that, this this strength of schedule does fix a lot of the problems though. Yeah. But I'm um, overall is that what we're basically at the end of this document now? We are, yep. Um, yeah, we've got them. We, we have fangs out, but we'll get that at the end. Yeah. And, but um, I, I'm a fan of this. I wanted to talk about, obviously, so the event I ran, I did it with um, the same three, three for a win, one for a draw, zero for a loss. I contemplated doing three, two, one. Because I was like, oh man, people might feel bad when they lose, but you know what? Just fuck off, I don't care. Just be good, don't lose. Um, nope. yeah. Don't give bad. out juice boxes. Don't give out juice boxes for just showing up. Oh, and I, especially, I mean, it sounds really callous, and it obviously is part of this is the showmanship of doing a show. Like, the way we do prizing is we draft all the way down. So first place gets the trophy. First pick. Yeah, they get the first uh, pick. Right, so they get handed a trophy and then first pick. You draft. We drafted down to 10th. Then 10th place got two picks. Yep. Then we went back to the yeah, first you, place. Yeah, it's called a snake. It's called a snake where yeah. you're going first to, first to last, then the next round, last picks first, and it goes the opposite way. Uh, I didn't do it opposite way. We went back to top. I just gave last player, got basically an 11th place pick for the 10-player event as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Then I went back to top. And we and I make sure there's enough prizing. Like we went through the draft like three or four times. Like, yeah. And, basically, and I did that. I, I've done that many times with tournaments. Yeah. And I think it's the most inclusive way of doing it because once yeah. players have got their acrylic, that that sits on the table, so you don't have to place as high. So it takes some of that pressure off wanting, like needing the win to get the thing you're missing, kind of thing. And, right. Um, I find it the most inclusive way of doing the these type of events, especially because yep. we have a healthy mix of like new players, casual players, and like people who like contend for like going to worlds and making day two and that kind of thing. Yep. So yep. Um, it's a good balance there. Um, um, really quick, just let's go through the rest of the tiebreakers. Combined yeah. mission points. The players with the most mission points across the event is ranked above all other players with the same number um, of event points. The player with the second most mission points across the event is ranked second among blah, 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 and yeah. so on. A player's combined mission point is the sum of their earned mission points during. So that's tiebreaker two. 
And then random, if any players are still tied after all other tiebreakers have been applied, and those players go out in the parking lot and fight for it. So, <laughs> you know, ultimately, you know, it's just random determination. So the thing I like about that second tiebreaker, it being total mission points, is that it it's there to keep you fighting. It isn't mm-hmm. the differential. So if you're losing, your number's not getting smaller. It's still getting bigger. So, right. like... What um where's that thing gone? Let me find it. So Adam um had ninety one total mission points after four rounds. If you divide that, it adds up to more than twenty a game because in one round he finished on thirty three mission points. He went oh, from he? it was less than twenty. He claimed objectives and killed a big ship, pushed him above like the swing was huge. It was yep. like over and that, 30. And, I, and that goes exactly to the point that I was going to make on this one, which was, does anyone feel that strength of schedule should come is the second tiebreaker and mission points come as the second and the first. And this is the reason why that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Because right. 20 is not the ceiling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, the game Trying doesn't on. stop at 20. And especially uh, if you hit, remember the normal game rules are, if it's round eight, and we both hit 20 on the same turn. The game tells us to keep playing. Yeah. So yeah, like 20 isn't the ceiling. So you, theoretically, I think we're working it out that on some of the scenarios that you you can break 40 points. <laughs> yeah, if you're... Two if wins you're, right there. Well, yeah, like, if you're playing for scenarios. You know. Yeah, like you need to contest objectives and stuff so that you keep keep scoring them but it's always, no one's getting ahead, and then a blowout in the last round. Right. And it, it's a big, it's a big old swing. Yes. Yep. So that's pretty much it for the big stuff, and then they have the variations, which is Fangs Out, which is a 60-minute yeah. game, plus or minus three minutes, which I saw people today thinking that that was the total tournament time today and they were bitching that it was now 60 minutes instead of 75 and people had to correct them because nobody reads anything anymore they just see something and they assume and jump to the conclusion because fuck amg they fucked this game royally and blah 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 well, you know? i i want I have... to run a fangs out event i'm super in because you missed out timed planning phase sean well can, yep. hold on before, before we moved on to that with the event round timing thing, the only thing that they that I thought found interesting about that is that the game conditions and how they end. Games end either when the twelve rounds of play are completed or when the timer runs out. Please take note; it does not say when twenty points have been reached. Right. That's so hitting one. twenty, hitting twenty doesn't end a Fangs Out event. It has to play two time or twenty rounds. Right. Or oh. until all the ships are off the table. No, it's 12, right. uh, 12, yeah, okay, yeah. That's yeah. my old eyes. <laughs> yeah, but no. the timed planning phase as well, man. Two minutes. I kind of like this. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm disappointed because I stated very, very specifically that every event I would be running would be a standard format event using standard rules unless I gave more than one month's notice which means my April 16th event can't be fangs out, but you can bet your ass my May event. 
It's, it's going to be, be a Fangs Out event. And mine mix it up and do a Fangs Out extended event. But, like, yeah. I'm, well, it's, a, I'm it's, a, a, it, it's a pressure game. You know, oh, this puts, I, like, this, I agree 100%. You know, number one, you're already at 60 minutes. So now you're at 60 minutes with a two-round, two-minute timer to set dials, you know, I would love to see people play, you know, and that was one of the bitches, you know, well, you can't play a swarm and fangs out. Then don't oh. fucking play a swarm. Or don't play okay. a swarm and fangs out, yeah. Well, it's okay, because people are complaining that you can't fly three ship lists in normal X-Wings, so like, <laughs> be real shame if Jose Swiss came back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I love it. I'm all in on fangs out. I'm ex- I, I think that's super cool. Look, there's already variations. Like, like, this just, to me, says that they want to do fun stuff with the game and like keep pushing those boundaries. Like, yeah, these missions might play a little bit weird, but as I, as Ed says, if you feel like the game ends without feeling resolved, play Fangs out. I guarantee yep. you that game will feel resolved because oh, yeah. you know, that, that it, game will come to a definitive end. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to touch on obviously the event I ran and the way I did it. So anyone else got anything on Fangs Out before we close on that? Nope. No. Yeah, so we've touched on obviously the thing I didn't do any research, I just made it up. I was literally building the Excel spreadsheet as we were as I was running the event. Because it's ten players, man. I could run it off the back of a napkin, it's fine. But I right. I was trying to get it going and up and running and get it to auto-calculate as much as I could. Um, and it ran extremely smoothly. The things that I found extremely helpful was I printed off the objective sheets that they did and laminated them. So either do it on heavy cardstock or laminate paper because they're narrower. The, it's thin. Yeah. If you use the acrylic tokens that, that me and Sean have picked up, and I, I, ta- I got double-sided tape and taped them to the centre of each mat. So the centre objective was set up on every mat. Laminated and taped down. And then out people get to deploy around it. And the fact that it's a thin sheet of paper means that your ships can fly over it and touch it and it's not going to bump. It's not going to move. It just stays yep. steady on there. Uh, that is, you know, tip of a week tape away for all of you EOs out there is uh, yeah. laminate uh, some like, satellites or crates and um, double-sided sticky tape, put them in the centre. It just so happened that I have a natural drawer. I think we went chance engagement, um, scramble transmission, assault on the satellite array, and then salvage, which is where you can pick it up. So it was the last scenario we played anyway was where it would need to be removed. But it's not that hard to reset afterwards. One thing I did cover for the event is that not all game mats are created equal. Mm -hmm. I feel like we may have touched on this in the past. We we touched on this in the past. Yeah, so when you tape it to the centre, I spoke to all the players in part of the player meeting and said... I want you to check each table you sit down before you start deploying. Measure to the the objective. If you think you can't, if you think there's a disparity, you either rotate the mat 90 degrees and try it the other way, or you need to change your deployment area 
to be the correct distance between the two deployment areas and the center objective rather than having the correct size deployment area because the distance from the edge of your deployment to that center objective is more important. I believe right. this is off the top of my head, so don't use this to like fight any internet arguments, but I believe in the... I mean, I can check, I'm sure. But I believe oh, now we're going to log. The play I area. I something out there that was grossly inaccurate and have people railing on you tomorrow. Setup. Body, body, boy. What's the, the play area is... A 91 centimeter by 91 centimeter play area, three foot by three foot is the standard size. So I believe that that means that a small based ship can contest the center objective turn one by doing a five straight. Because, uh, let me look this up. I have notes hidden away. Um, so I don't fucking lie to everybody. Do, 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 do. Uh, what I'll probably do with my map is just put a strip of Velcro at that point. Put Velcro on the back of one of the satellites. Yeah. And every game that satellite will just sit on that Velcro. I think I'd like to get one of those pre-printed ones that come out with it already printed on the board. And then like the range one, range three or whatever it is, range that have to be towards that center, kind of like pre-printed on the board, so you don't even need to move anything. The only time you'd ever need to actually put one there is the one that it, act, it can actually move. But I'm doing, but I, like, I, I I'm just saying... I'm just saying that's what I would do. I'm just saying, because I'm going to build a new board out of plywood, because I want to have a board to sit on my table when my son and I play, and then I'll put a surf, you know, like a, a, a surfacant over it to... Um, you know, like a sand type surface over it. So mm -hmm. things can settle on it a little bit better. And then in that middle will be a strip of Velcro always. So we don't have to sit down and pre-measure that damn thing every single I think, time. I, I, you can go one better if you really wanted to, and you could like pre-drill that and then so that it sinks into the table. And then if you have to... Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I mean, I could just route it out and do that yep. too. But yep. That, that's on that's on tabletop number two you know that's yeah. that doesn't get us started with it so i i can't find it but basically um you even need before the event starts you even need to know and you need to let the players know if they can contest the center objective with a small base ship doing a standard move and that comes down to the fact that some game mats are hundred and uh, 92 centimeters yep. i believe the event mats are the, the worst offenders for being larger and the standard starfield mats are the worst offenders for being smaller mm -hmm. but basically um you need to establish that before the event and make sure that everyone's playing to the same conditions and to me i i told my players and again this isn't covered in this document in any way, shape, or form. This is just my recommendation uh, as an EO myself. And you said TO again. But um, <laughs> it's more important to have consistency as distance to that centre objective than it is to have the same size deployment zone because there are rules for overlapping the deployment zone if you're, if you're deploying a large base at an angle. But there are, are no rules for what to do if your deployment zone is like too far away from the centre. So, mm -hmm. um, 
that is how I personally would recommend you do it is have consistency that the um what is it the when you set it up it's supposed to be four uh four and a half um range four and a half from the edge so that means it should be range three and a half from the edge of a deployment zone so yeah that's how you should figure out where the edge of a deployment zone is you measure from the center back not from the edge in. If there's any doubt, uh, you like none of my players could. Not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> I was gonna kind of curious to see if it even but, if it's even a thing. But some people take this game more seriously than we do now in our old age. This is true. This and is this true. is my recommendation for all of those people. The deployment zones should be taken from the center because that distance is actually important now. Because if you like. If you do what if you work all the numbers because the game should be played on a defined size area, you either everyone should be able to do it or no one should be able to do it. You can't yep. have it mixed. So there you go. So can we get on to the can we get on to the gem of this entire entire rule set? Yeah. Timed planning phase. Yeah. Optional rule, obviously. Um, however, each player uh, each of the pair of players is assigned a timer at the start of every event round. During the planning phase of each game round, there is a timer set for two minutes and started before uh, each player begins studying their movement dials. At the end of two minutes, the planning phase ends. Any ships that have not been assigned a maneuver dial at the end of the planning phase performs a stress maneuver during the activation and then must skip the perform action step. A stress maneuver is a white two straight maneuver. So those so players, and I've got a him ha. Do I want to make two bank? Do I want to make two turn? If I go here, like you're burning two minutes, bro. So I'm on Amazon right now, seeing if I can shop for some two minute egg timers. There you go. I'm gonna put a link in the show notes. I genuinely like this role. I think personally myself, if you have a professional slow player. They will simply move their slow playing tactics into other areas of the game that aren't the planning phase. Um, that having been said, I like the spirit of what they're trying to do here. I really wish this was actually the uh, the main the base rule. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I really do. I think that would be amazing. So uh, hard as hard on, but so uh, two minute sun timers, and they are. Um, Four in a pack, and it's eleven thirty-one Canadian. There we go. Prime so free delivery. I mean, and three, two, one. Flip your timer. You kind of want to do it with a phone or something, so you can have a beeper. But I just like Agreed. the idea of a sand timer. So that's probably Agreed. what I'm going to do. But that having been said, I'm with Sean a hundred percent on this one. I wish this was part of the base rules. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm. <laughs> I would I love to just. If I you're going to melt a community down, let's just melt them down completely. I understand, but this is Sean just being the Joker here, wanting to watch a world burn. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, I'm in in a very defined sense that I think it can be fun, but I also think that like playing a pay-to-win tournament where you get to buy tokens to give you like massive advantages could be fun you know mm-hmm. like, this is true 
Uh, it's not for everyone. I just like I said, ideally, I think, again, it's the spirit behind what this rule represents as opposed to necessarily the rule in and of itself. And it is an attempt to eliminate some of the slow uh, playing tactics. I that don't sometimes bad. I think it's just the it's just a different event variety. So I think because I think the thing you're missing at is that this is in tandem with the 60 minute standard time yes. for Fangs Out. So because oh, you're is it? yeah it, yeah so the variation yeah. oh, the variation oh. yeah the variation is Fangs Out. So because it's 60 minutes, they also put a, a finite amount of time on the planning I phase. see. That makes much more sense. In, in my mind, I thought there were two different separate no, events. No, Fang, no, no, Fangs no, 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 no. out the... Uh, Runs with the planned timing phase. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I see it now. So that right now, there's only one other variant. Yeah. Which is fangs out, which runs into these two sets rules. Okay, yeah. I can totally see uh, see that now that I've looked at the rule. Personally, when I read this the first time when I was doing my homework right before the show, I was like, "Ooh, this is a cool event." I can imagine running an event with the base rules and this. That'd be fantastic. Like, while I think fangs out is actually pretty good too, this also like was ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, but no, I, I that's just why I'm a big fan of a fangs out format. I want to try it. And get oh, it on now the table. I'm totally on board. Totally on board. Yeah. But it makes sense whenever you shorten up the, the runs from 75 minutes to 60, you need to make that time up somewhere. And they're just going to, this is it. I can't decide whether two minutes is going to be Too anything long. or not. Yeah. Like, I like, I would like to think that I wouldn't even notice a two minute timer setting my dials. Same here. Same. But I yeah, also but I think feel you're like have... it'll run out on me. Oh, I, I think that you'll have the people that worry so much about the two-minute timer that it affects their ability to set their dials. Not that they can't set dials in two minutes, but the side-eye on the timer will be too much pressure. So those yeah. people should just play Rebels, Sean, from one strike. And I agree. <laughs> 100% agree. Uh, okay, right, your decision point is, should I layer and then I just dial in 4Ks? Yeah. 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 Every, every three turns, panic and decide between two maneuvers instead of what just the one. But, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, do you want to? Shall we do a, a, a side bet and see if we can guess the winning faction from Adapticon? Ooh. Just, just for fun. I've got no. no idea. I think this is a great idea. I'm going to put some thought into it. I wish you had mentioned it before, so I could have thought ahead of time. All right. If it had, well, mm. I, I'm. I, I'm gonna side bet because I, I have my loyalties whenever it comes to my X-ray. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Imperials. And it's gonna be a swarm list. Oh, so what are you telling a swarm I, list now? I define swarms by at least six ships. Six ship. A six ship imperial list, okay. A six ship imperial list. I have no evidence to base that on. I'm do just you, doing it. Do you wanna claim a faction, Sean, or do you want me to narrow the field for you? No, I'm thinking. You you do yours, and then I'll do mine. Uh, I am gonna go with. I'm I'm gonna say a uh, man. I want to say Republic, just because I'm I'm all in on Republic at the minute. So I I don't know whether it'll win or not, but I just want it to. So yeah, I'm just gonna go Republic. So just the you're taking the, the faction as a whole. You're taking the field. Doesn't have to be a three ship or a four ship build. It's gonna be. Uh, it's geared just the field. I don't. 
I don't Cause I, cause, know cause, enough different Repub- like competitive Republic builds at the minute to be able to say. But I don't I, think anybody does. Can I ask uh, a quick question? Is yeah. the event standard or extended? Uh, I believe it's standard, but um, I, I didn't go and look and see what the event was. I, I so if, if it's if it's standard, oh, let's find out. So can I also pick Republic, or is that off the if, table? If you want to take Republic, I'll let you have it. I'll pick something different. Yeah, but now I almost want no, 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 no. to say whether or not it was a like. Only because I went out on a limb and said, not only is it going to be an Imperialist, but it's going to be an Imperial Swarm list of at least six ships. I feel like that it needs to qualify because if Republic wins, how do you differentiate between the two of you? Which one do you want? Like, I want to, I want to juice it up a little here. That's why I'll, if Sean wants Republic, I'll change. I, I offered him a choice first. No, no, no. You, you took it. Um, shit. Um, I'm going to go with we, Scum. I was going to say because we all know it's not going to be first order. Well, it's, it's first <laughs> first order won uh, my little event. I'm te- I'm teasing. I am genuinely. Will Will flew four silences to victory. Ooh. Three generic silences and um, recoil. Is it the I four? Um, very. Nice. Turns out having a bunch of hit points and three agility just lets you like bully people around objectives and kill them. Yeah, it's good. Hmm. And that's three attack die. Yeah. Three attack, three evade. Um, Enough health that you can fly over asteroids. Mm -hmm. Um, Absorb damage. It's it's funny because you saw, I'm going to say scum, but I'm going to, I'm going to say something with force is going to win. I I think I think we both know you want Republic, so I'll I'll pivot to. No, 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 no. I'll take the easy one. You you take Republic, you you go Republic. I'll take Scum, but my side disclaimer is I think something with the Force is going to win. So there will be a ship with the Force in it that will win. That's fair. That's fair. I can accept that. So I mean, Boba Fett got his crew swap back. So um, Maul, yep. Maul, <laughs> all yep, Maul, yep, with Maul. So yeah, I've still not I, managed I, to build a, a separatist list with baby Bubba Fett in there. Yeah, I think that's a sweeper at a minute. Separatist Bubba Fett. There's, there's a bunch of value in that ship, man. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll know in a couple days. Yeah, and uh, it could be it could be something completely out of the blue. Anyway, I do want to say this: um, if you're going to run a fucking tournament using the 2.5 rules of shipbuilding, oh yeah. Follow the fucking scenario rules. Yeah. Please don't make it a a dogfight game because it's not fair. It's not built for it. Yeah, we yeah. were having this conversation um, pre-recording. I I'm of the opinion that the new point, the way the points work for the loadout value, does not function if you don't have um, objectives, objectives to score as well. If you just do it as a straight up dog, uh, if you want to run a dog fight, just run chance engagement four times. Yep. But you have to have something in there. I don't think you can play 2.0 with this points order. And sorry, I'll caveat it. You can, you just cannot expect it to be a balanced experience. Correct. Right. Because so. you're going to have people taking a 225 point list in old money. And some people taking a three hundred plus point list in new money. In a, yeah, yeah. It it just it the is disparity is yeah. It 
And especially if you're playing it as extended. Yeah. That even broadens it even further. I I just, I, yeah. Uh, here we go. Okay. Uh, standard game mode. There you go. I knew it was. I don't know why I put all that effort in. It is standard for Adepticon. All right. Well, I hate to do it, kiddos, but I'm going to turn into a pumpkin here shortly because I've got to get ready and go do that work thing in the morning. So, Chris, do you want to close us out with all of our uh, house cleaning before we go? Um, yeah, I wanted to, again, thank all the patrons. It's been uh, really good. I'm working... Well, I'm going to... I'm going to be working hard to get more uh, more actual content uh, onto Patreon. I do have some some sweeper ideas that I've been sitting on for a while. Not necessarily all X-Wing related, but there's going to be more Patreon exclusive content. And I'll make sure it's spread across both equally. So I, I'm not just going to put something on the Wacker Focus one or something just on a Dicate one. as like behind a paywall. If you're paying for one, you'll get access to both kind of thing. I just treat it as a different subscription model. Um, so don't worry about being subscribed to correct one once that all fires up and starts. But I'm planning on doing stuff like um, encounter design and scenarios and different things for like different RPGs. Um, some more like written content which will sit behind uh, the paywall for a little while. But I'll make sure that's kind of spread across both. Um, it's been great. I do want to try and do more. I've kind of I've just hands up like drop the ball on how much I've been trying to give back in that regard. Like, we haven't done our in focus um stuff for any of the shows we've all been watching and talking about. Like, oh, we still got Mandalorian season three season three like, to cover. I mean well, I, I mean for yeah. effect. Well I, I watched Peacemaker, I've watched Invincible, I've watched a bunch of like Oh shows. did you uh, did you watch Invincible? Did you like it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Oh so good. But oh, the, that's God. I mean there's so many things that like we've done that we've just not spoken about um but we normally do in that kind of format we're just we've been busy and life's been getting away from us um i need to hassle alan to see how he's getting on with the uh, evade tokens um so that should all start happening i do have some giveaways obviously a bunch of the free stuff that i managed to acquire isn't just for me to uh, enjoy i do plan on um, spreading the wealth somewhat um, I got a shiny collector's edition of one of the Warhammer Fantasy roleplay books, uh, which Ooh. is like uh, a $100 book kind of thing. Um, so I, I'm trying to decide whether I need to trade that in to get some starter boxes, because I could probably do an Age of Sigma Warhammer Fantasy roleplay and 40k starter box for the same value of this one book. Yeah. So I've not decided if I'm going to do it that way or not yet, but I need to see if I can return it to a store first anyway. Um, but I, I've got some giveaways that I'm going to do there, and that will all be um, Patreon-focused as well. Um, and, yeah, it's been great. I've had a really good week at Gamma. I was, I'm not going to lie, I, the the trip out there, I was like... Am I just going to freeze up, treat it as a holiday, hide in my room, go to a pool and like, just not engage with people? <laughs> but I just there was that little fear factor of like, if I don't try, I can't fail. It's okay. But no, yeah, but I actually yeah, spoke to people. I'm pretty motivated to try and like get stuff done. So hopefully, touch wood, 
we'll we'll push on and go from there um if you do want to be involved i recommend you jump onto a discord we had some vibrant conversation today about x-wing it was um a, a good a good conversation in there uh, we obviously have a bunch of different channels if you just ask for music selection channels you apparently just get it made it's fine um, yeah about that <laughs> yeah um but the discord dice at discord is always linked in the description so you can join there if you want to message us you can email us at lack of focus podcast at gmail.com hit us up on facebook um you can message on the discord there's a bunch of ways but like discord's the main one like except my notifications are on unless i'm asleep I can't promise I'll respond right away, but I definitely read everything as soon as I can, and then I'll try and make sure I have the time to give you a, a considered response. So, yeah, and uh, that's it. I think that's probably everything. We're doing good, but yeah, thanks to all the patrons, all of you all, and really appreciate it. One minor point of order, as this is episode ninety-nine, that does mean in two weeks we are hitting the century mark. I don't know what special we have planned. I don't know that we have anything special planned. It just might be a run-of-the-mill show for all I know. But I do want to point out that at 99 episodes, plus how many did um, <laughs> Under the can... old show? Was it like at 73 or something? like somewhere, I feel like it was episode 70, maybe. I don't remember where we ended Nova the... Squadron Radio. Let's have a look. Podbean. Uh, how many episodes? Drum roll, okay. please. So, um, the last episode was episode 68. That's what um, it was. So it'd be 69. Nice, because you have an episode zero. Nice. Yeah, yeah. you like that? You like that? <laughs> yeah. So we finished after 69 episodes. There you go. So, well, we've blown past that, obviously, but I've been podcasting with these guys for... A hundred and almost seventy episodes, not to mention all the other extra stuff we've done inside. Yes. So yep. I mean, there's how many? We can this is easy to check. Um I mean, I don't even know why I'm trying to type it in, I could just walk. because uh, we have a bunch of unnumbered episodes as well, remember. Correct. But I was trying to include that. Yeah, so if we do unnumbered episodes of lack of focus, including D D content. We uh-huh. are at, uh, where are you? Do, 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 do. Of course, it's not going to be there. Oh, no. I can find, oh, there we go. There we go. Um, Chris gonna edit all this out anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm gonna weave it in. Gonna leave, gonna leave it in. Leave this shit in. Man. I knew the answer. It's like a hundred and thirty episodes, I think. Around yeah, so we're that. actually gonna make up on almost two. Oh, hundred and twenty two. hundred and twenty two episodes. I- there we go. It, for some reason it hadn't jumped there, but yeah, hundred and twenty two episodes of lack of focus. Content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's been a good run. I, guess, I don't know. I don't know if we have anything planned. I don't know if we should probably have those conversations in the next week or so if we are going to do anything special, so that we're prepared uh, for that. I I but, have a couple of ideas, nothing nailed down because I wanted to see what everyone's thoughts were, but we can we can work with something. 
All right. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So, Sean, always good to hang out with you, my friend. Always good to be here. Chris, always a pleasure. Uh, it's always fun, Ed. Always. So that is going to do it for episode 99. And as always, guys, until next time, fly casual. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.